Lights, camera, action. Is that our permanent intro now? I don't know. I'm going to keep using it. Okay. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Cinemates. We're here to kick off your weekend? Your week. It's Monday. No, it's Tuesday. We're filming on a, We're doing this on a Tuesday. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Yeah. Here, kick off your Tuesday with a late episode. Today, um, the triple. We got we got a bunch of things going on today. Triple header. We got a bunch of stuff. He's always Mike, starting the with the box office. I'm Mike Jose Collins. That's Jake Schull. I was getting there, bro. Okay. You yeah, cut. Yeah, you yeah, cut yeah, in front yeah. of me. Sure. Sure. Uh, on today's episode, we're diving headfirst into the electrifying world of cinema. We're going to break down the latest box office hits, discussing uh, which movies ruled the weekend. Yeah. And what the numbers reveal about audience performance. And then we've got a couple more things coming at you. But why don't we start with that today? Uh, Jake, why don't you let me know what's going on in the box office? Uh, no. I, no. Have an, I have a bone to pick. Oh. I'm going to... With me? No. Not with you. You're fine. You what know, did I do? We're, we're, did I get in trouble? You're always in trouble, but, well, maybe, honestly. Okay, go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, hey, <laughs> I'm going to look at the camera for this one. So a couple a couple days ago, I was informed that there was uh, an account out there going by the name Cinemates, and it's not us, okay? There's an account out there called Cinemates with over 100,000 people on TikTok, 100,000 followers, like 4 million subscribers, and they have our name. And uh, I'm a little threatened by it, you know? Okay. Um, I don't think Cinemates is the most original <laughs> thing we chose no, here no, for this. No, no, It's uh, pretty original. But they cho- they made their Cinemates because they like cinema. Yeah. And... Um, they they're they're mates with people. Where's where's Cinemates because it's like a play on words of cinema and mates, right? Isn't that the same thing? No, no. See, they like cinema <laughs> and their friends. Ours is a play on words of both of them. Okay. Where they just they named anyway. We're the Cinemates pod. What I'm saying with is, Jake and Mike. <laughs> I'm calling them out. That's our name. Head to head with us. Come at us. Do a movie duel with us. Make us more popular. Prove than who's man. the better cinemates. You guys are us. It's never gonna happen because you guys are gonna just be loving your your subscribers and your TikToks. But then look at our TikToks, which are getting two thousand views, and you guys have like fifty. So come at us. Come do a little duel with us. I think we can prove who has the the better film taste. Oh God. They're also Australian, so we got that over them because we're North American and Canadian specifically. I'd say if we're American, then we wouldn't have that over them. But because we're Canadian, I just wanted to shout them out because you know, I've, I, I, it's been brought to my attention, and now I'm a, uh, I'm gonna be focused on it. You know. All right. No, no thoughts. You don't. You just let me fight, fight my own battles. Is that what you're doing? Well, I, there's other people also named Jake and Mike. I don't know if we want to challenge everybody. Um, <sighs> We've already been over this. There's not that many listen, Mike, Mike, the, Jake. The calls. best revenge is success. So let's just beat them. Let's get more successful. But we're coming for you, Aussies. Yeah. Well, we, we we showed a bit of our Aussie accent anyways. We should just take over their account. H2O just did water. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I just wanted to, you know, I thought it was funny. Because I, I searched up our name on TikTok and I was like, ah, we're not the first <laughs> name to come up. No. And there's no. four of them. Yeah, there's two there's, of us. There's a lot. Anyways. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll beat them. You think so? We'll get them. Come at us, bro. Box office. This is the first time in a long time that the box office might not be pink. With a Blue Beetle arriving, that being the main release this weekend. As always, I'm going to go over the first outside, so 11 to 14, 13, around that range, to give you, to give Mike a chance, because last week he was doing 
real bad at this guessing game. He was going Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles left, right, center the entire time. Was not getting it. So this time, Michael Collins, you got to do better. I think you got two right last week, and I gave you one too. So all right, this all is right. this is on you to be better. Okay, so I'll give you from thirteen to eleven. Yeah, number thirteen. I thought it was done. Still, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's down from number ten at number thirteen with a fifty-two percent drop. Uh, less than five hundred theaters for four hundred thousand dollars this weekend, which brings its total number to three seven five million dollars. Again, still not making money, and it's gonna finish that way. Number twelve, Old Boy. This is a 2023 re-release of the classic Old Boy film, and it it did well in about 250 theaters. It was brought back for uh, a I believe it was I don't know is it 20 year anniversary? It must be 20 years since that movie's come out. Wow, uh, Jesus, way to age ourselves. Made 878 thousand dollars this weekend. Damn. Pretty good for a re-release movie. Everyone going and checking out Old Boy. It's also one of those cases that Old Boy is really hard to find online. It's not really easy to track down. It's never streaming anywhere. It's really hard to find on pirating websites. So, I mean, people going to go watch a deemed classic out in theaters, good for them. Oh, boy. Number 11. All the way down from number five, the the last voyage of Demeter. Crap, that was my 10. 61% drop for a measly total of $2.5 million at the number 11 spot, just crashing out of the box office. Currently, it is at $11 million worldwide. So this is not making its money back. I, I mentioned last week, I was like, oh, maybe it will. No way it is making its money back. That is a catastrophic drop. It's already dropping theaters. It dropped over a 1,000 theaters <laughs> in its second week of release. So that thing is uh, no vampire summer for the voyage. last voyages of Demeter. R.I.P. Did you get to round to seeing your double feature of Last Voyage and Tupi and Pinu? No, no, I would have loved to. Um, you know, it was hard to find a theater where they played both of them. That was the issue. Eh? Tupi and Pinu is yeah. cheap right now, though. It's only six bucks. Hell yeah, let's go right after this. All right, coming All right, in so at now it's number, number 10. Number 10, Haunted Mansion. It's not Haunted Mansion. Oh, come on. You're already, you're already starting out 0 for 1. Sound of Freedom. Oh, I thought that would be Still 9. Still in Damn. the top 10. Okay, wait. It's Haunted Mansion 9. No. So oh, come on. Sound of Freedom edging out the last voyage of Demeter with with just $100,000 between them. So it made $2.6 million this weekend. It is dropping theaters now. It looking looking like this is finally going to be the uh the end of the the Angel Studios run, bringing its total to $177 million. There we go. Good job, Angel Studios. So, yeah, you already said it, you got it wrong for number nine. Number nine, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning yeah. Part okay. One. Okay, my mind is in the right spot, though. Yes. I had these I had these all right. It's hard when they're the theaters, like the films that are about to like yeah, end yeah, its yeah. theatrical run. They're all kind of around the same I had Mission area. Impossible at eight for me. So Yeah, this, again, just $100,000 between this movie and Sound of Freedom, which was 100000 So there's like it is such a tight, narrow distance this made 2.7 million dollars this weekend bringing its total gross domestically to 164 million dollars which brings its worldwide total to 541 million dollars so again it's probably not making profit when you account for market but it's not nearly as a disappointment as it was going to be set out to do it's done well alongside the big releases this summer so good job mission impossible 
Nice job. You're doing all right. All right, here we go. Now we got Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Let's go. Okay, so wait, I had these three as my bottom three, though. You did. So there we go. just in a different order. Making $3 million this weekend, a 47% drop, bringing its total to $85 million worldwide. Yeef. It's uh, not looking good. Dropping theaters, dropping, going to be out probably of the top 10 next week. Actually, eh, it might still be kicking around in the top 10, but not a great look for Disney once again. Number seven. Okay, number seven is a weird one because I can't remember if this one fell out of theaters, but I'm going to go Insidious. Insidious fell out last week. Okay, crap. Okay, then never mind. Never mind. I didn't say anything. Okay, that's at number 16. I'm going to go, um, shoot. There's a lot. There's a couple. Number mm-hmm. seven. I can tell you it's not Jules. Remember that movie from last week that was like kind of around? It's not there. <laughs> it's not there. Okay, so this throws me off a bit, mm-hmm. but it's easy to figure out. It's not actually that hard. It's not hard. Okay. Um, the Meg. Talk to me at number seven, staying in the same position as last week. Ah, you're right. Another great drop. That was obvious. 37% drop. That was an obvious one. $3 million this weekend, bringing its total worldwide to $46 million off of a small, small budget doing really well there for A24. So staying consistent. One of the best drops this week. I believe it is the best drop this week as well. Damn. So that's at number seven. Number six. Number six. Okay. So I was thinking the Meg here, but I think it might be higher if talk to me there okay so here's where i'm number six <sighs> teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> it's the, the meg. meg no <laughs> the meg too the trench uh dropping 47 percent domestically, on! and it's third week third week of release for 6.7 million dollars bringing its worldwide total to crossing $300 million, $318 million for the Megs. 80% of its box office has been internationally. Everyone else loves their sharks. I'm a big shark guy. North, yeah, I know. I like sharks. Well, I thought this one was going to plummet like pretty far. So what was it at last week, like three or four? Last week it was at four. Yeah. So it, it's slowly going down. I People are still, I guess, further. 47% drop isn't. It's about normal, which is a little shocking considering how it didn't really do well to open up in uh, domestically. International, it's just being held afloat right okay. now. Okay. So number five. Okay, number five, I'm a little... This is where I'm lost because I think I have the top four in the correct order. So I must be missing a movie. What? Something else come out? No, because it has to be... has to be something that's already been in theaters, Right. Uh, what, okay, what came out this weekend? Is it, no, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I think that was the only big thing was Blue Beetle. Okay, I'm going to go here, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I forgot about the other one, Strays. Opening, Strays came out this weekend? Opening up oh its theatrical God. with $8 million. Woof, that is not Yuck. very good. Did you like my, my little woof? Because uh, I'm, a, I'm a dog. Not a, not a great... Not great at all, which brings its total worldwide to $10 million, just $1.9 million <laughs> internationally. It's look, Strays is going to be plummeting out yeah, of the Yeah, that movie office. looks awful. Stray, uh, we already talked about this last week, but that, that movie looks just freaking terrible. 
Okay, let me guess the top four here, though. I've seen people who've seen Strays. Do they like it? No. Oh, you've just seen them. You haven't talked to them? Um, let me guess uh, the that, top four. Come on. <laughs> okay, so the top four is the top four you're thinking yeah, yeah. of. You just okay, got to get... guess the order here. Got to be strategic about all of this. Number one, I'm going to go Blue whoa, Beetle. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've got to go backwards. We're at, we're okay. at five. You've got to uh, give me four. Four, I'm going to go Oppenheimer, three Teenage Mutant no, Ninja Turtles. Slow down! What? Two, Barbie, one Blue Beetle. Oh, my God. That's okay. my guess. Number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Crap. Mutant Mayhem, okay. 44% drop. They announced that this is coming out into VOD in early September, which I'm a little disappointed by, but not, not a great drop so far it's another 44 okay. percent drop 8.5 million dollars bringing its worldwide total to 118 million so it's kicking around it's still making some money and this is just they're going to be hoping that this is going to be a vod streaming darling even though they've greenlit the second one just a little disappointing the turtles can't get a little bit more love going their way then oppenheimer then barbie then blue beetle oppenheimer at number three with a 43 percent drop 10 million dollars domestically this weekend bringing its worldwide total to $718 million. This officially is now the number one highest grossing war film of all time. This is the number one highest grossing war or uh, biopic film of all time. So this is surpassed. It's going into the top five for R-rated films. It is raking in the dough, and it is slowly approaching Christopher Nolan's upper echelon of box office with... Inception with the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. It's getting there. It's slowly cool going. Cool beans. Oppenheimer continuing to make some money. Number two, you Barbie said was Barbie. The box office is not pink this week. Yeah, Barbie number two for the first time in five weeks is no longer out of no longer in the number one spot in the box office. But that didn't stop it from having another great week. $21 million in its fifth week of release. Incredible, which brings it to $1.28 billion. Sheesh. It's approaching Mario. Let's go, Barbie. I think you can do it. Come on. I think it's all but confirmed that Barbie is going to be the number one film of the year, and it could happen as fast as next week, which is incredible, which means DC's beloved film, Blue Beetle, not much to celebrate, though, as a number one this week. $25 million domestically. Yes. This is the seventh bomb of the DCEU era, and it's bringing in $43 million total for its opening weekend. That is really bad. It opens below Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is also Sheesh. really bad because that one had worse reviews. It did officially pass $50 million as of today. So that's not counting for the weekend, but if we're counting for like the total amount, it's past 50. We'll see what happens with word of mouth. I wouldn't be shocked if Barbie just takes number one right back from it next week. Hey. It's it's possible, but it's a, it's a lukewarm opening yeah. for Blue Beetle. That's tough. A little bit of a disappointment for DC. We talked all about that. Yeah, this yeah, film yeah. wasn't going to do great, but that is the top 10 domestically. Let's go over the top 10 worldwide um, numbers for the year. would just like to say... A big fan of ours, Keegan, at home listening right now. He likes to compete with me for guessing these uh, top tens. Keegan, uh, send me your top ten after you do this, and let's see who won that one. What did I get on that? Four? I think four. Four, okay. You, you if have... you can get four, buddy, 
And then we'll we'll get you on uh, we'll get you on to, to guess me off. Guess me off. We'll get you on to, for a guess off <laughs> after this. And, and if anyone else is playing at home, feel guess free to send off. us your list and see if you could beat my four because that was pretty good. I was I was in and around the same ballpark as a lot of them. It's hard to actually predict week, which way they'll sure. go. Okay, last week I was just rolling with the TMNT, and if I didn't roll with that, um, if I, if I did actually, I probably would have got an extra one. So four, try to beat me on four. Tell me the uh, the totals. You so should far. start writing down what the positions were from last week, so you can come in and have like more of like. Okay, I will. There you go. I'm just I'm just helping you out. You didn't do terrible this week. You did fine. I did all right. I did all right. Let's go into the top ten, shall we? At number 10, Elemental with $458 million, knocking Transformers Rise of the Beasts out of there. Get. Let's go, Elemental. Get out of there. Big fans of that movie. Number nine, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumadia, 476. Okay. Elemental could. It's still st- forgot it's that still that movie theaters. exists. It's still in theaters. It's not. It's probably not, but it hasn't opened up in every market yet. It's probably not going to hit it, but it's a. Uh, eh. It could. Number eight, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, $541 million. Number seven, Little Mermaid, 567 It is holding on. I think Mission Impossible will probably be past that. Number six, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You heard that right. Number six. Sheesh. Because there's a little film that did some hop in. Number five, Fast X. Uh-oh, at $704 million, which means Oppenheimer is in Damn. the top five. And not only that, it has secured the number four spot with $718 million. It's got a lot of ground to make up on its number three spot, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three with eight hundred forty-five. I don't think it'll get there. It'll probably get close to eight hundred million, but I think it's at a it's at a comfy comfy spot right there at number four. Congratulations, Christopher Nolan. Number two, Barbie, as we mentioned, one point two eight billion dollars, which brings Super Mario Bros. at one point three five billion. What are you? If you're a betting man, you betting it's going to pass this week? I think so. It's crazy, eh? Yeah, not really. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's nuts, <laughs> but like in thinking about it now, it's like, damn, yeah. It's like expected. It's expected, yeah. Slayer. Good for, good for that movie. Per, per. That, that is the uh, yeah. box office this weekend. Have you heard Zolo Meridueña's, um rap song? I've not. <laughs> it's blowing up right now. Is it? It's pretty funny. They did confirm. It's like good. It's good. They did confirm James Gunn said that he is going to be back. As part of the new. As the Blue Beetle? As part of the new oh, DC okay. universe. So even if he doesn't get his own solo film again. He will be, he back will be back as a part of the rebooted slash retooled yeah. edition, which is, I think we both agree, a good thing. He was probably one of the him, better parts. Yeah, I liked him as an actor. I don't know. This character is really boring. I gotta be the the Blue Beetle character is just I don't. Care I think they have more again. of a chance to do something fun with him in the future. So I'm fine. Uh, with it. I I don't know because the, the part of it's the family. That's what that was the only like intriguing part about. Yeah, it. Yeah, I just they, mean you like, can't bring all of them back for a with DC the, cameo with the vision that James Gunn is going to have, which will probably be more of like his hands on everything, and we know how he likes to. It's it's really up his alley with heartfelt and humor, okay, and I think okay. that he could help build a better version of Blue Beetle. Not to say that it was like bad, but it was just nothing special. So I think that with his vision and tooling of it, I think that we have a chance to see a really cool version of Blue Beetle. So I'm happy with it. I liked him a lot. I think that it's, I'm glad that he's coming back and I'm glad he's getting the respect online. And I got to check out his rap song then. If it's that, if it's that <laughs> it's interesting. Pretty, it's not good. It's not bad. How how long ago did he record that? I think it was before the movie, but it was like, he dropped it right before the movie came out. So that was his way of getting marketing for people to go see the movie. Maybe. He, it, it is a song. He did go and see the movie for the first time with his family over the weekend, which I think is pretty cute, pretty oh, wholesome. That's nice. 
They probably turned to him and was just like, why is no one laughing? <laughs> it's a boring <laughs> point. <laughs> Anyways, you want to get into our special, special thing for this weekend? Let's do it. Uh, so we're going to send you guys right now to our 2019 draft. Hey, guys. Um, <laughs> we recorded a 2019 uh, movie draft. Unfortunately, the first 20 minutes of this file were corrupted, but it's really, really good content. We really, really wanted to get it out to you guys. We think you'll still enjoy it. Um, we did have special guest Liam Thompson, who's a friend of the pod, a movie enthusiast, an anime lover, a dungeon master, and a trivia fan on to join us, as well as Anthony Carney, friend of the pod, resident cinephile, and obviously a podcast commenter of Tony fame from last week. Uh, we do think you guys will still really enjoy this. We got them to record something and send over their first picks. That's all we lost in this draft, but don't worry. This is really, really good content, and we think you guys will enjoy it a lot. So without further ado, here's our 2019 movie draft. All right, Jake, since we lost you on the first one, we're going to have to ask you, what was your first pick? You had the number one overall pick. Yeah, so I had first pick, and I don't think it was really without question that the one film that I had to go with was Parasite. It swept all the awards for a reason at the at the Academy. It went out of nowhere and just showed up. Bong Joon-ho, his vision for this film was incredible. I love the way that the film builds as this just darkish comedy and then takes a massive turn halfway through, and it doesn't feel forced. It feels earned, and it turns out to be something really special. I love everything about this film. Bong Joon-ho is a really special director and I'm happy the Academy recognized for it because he's been making very good films this entire time. But for him to have a masterful achievement and for it to be recognized and to basically change the way that people viewed international films is really the only way I can credit this film. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. It's one of the best films ever made. I stand by that. And I think that it is a must-essential watch for every single person, and it is the best film of 2019. Hence why it goes number one. Yeah, Parasite is truly one of those movies that really lived up to the hype. Um, this is just such a talked-about film, and I think anybody who watched this was uh, was was really into it. And it, it really t- uh, challenges a lot of incredible themes. Um, I thought it was very funny when Chrissy Teigen talked about the, how she saw this movie and said it was really good and then her tweet right after that said um my dog uh, pooed on the carpet i'm going to ignore it so my maid can clean it up uh really masterful irony in that one chrissy so thank you for that absolutely uh, parasite's fantastic uh then we're going to go over to anthony who had the second pick and he chose little women he did here we go let's listen to anthony's thoughts on to why he took it So my first pick for the 2019 draft was Greta Gerwig's Little Women. I think this is just an incredibly charming, incredibly winning movie. Uh, I've never read the book. I've never seen any of the previous adaptations, so I can't speak to how faithful it is or how accurate it is to the previous ones, but I know that it's great all the way through. I think that your ensemble cast, obviously, is incredible. Sears Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, Eliza Scanlon, even Meryl Streep's in it for a little bit. I think that each of them gives the best performances of their career, hands down, aside from Dern and Streep, who obviously have been around for decades and so have all of that to go up against. But, like, even Sears Ronan, who I think is one of our best working actresses, I think that she gives her best performance in this movie. It was the first time I got Timothy Chalamet, too. Like, got him as one of the most charismatic men alive and not just sort of a teen heartthrob. Uh, I think that the movie blends tones and emotions 
so perfectly. Like, it'll be, it's charming, and it's heartbreaking, and it makes you laugh, and it'll bring you to the edge of tears, and it transitions between all of these things so quickly and so elegantly. There's never, like, a wasted scene. There's never a scene that comes off a little awkwardly. I think that the way that it cuts between the past and the present of the movie, just by changing color tone, is, like, genius. Like, a lot of movies, I think, stumble when trying to work in multiple time frames, but I think that this one really nails it and does it in a way that you... It's not that you don't become conscious of it, but it doesn't draw attention to itself, whereas I think it so easily could. There's no wasted scenes. Uh, the, like, production design, even, in it's incredible. I think it's Gobig's best movie. Uh, yeah, Little Women. Great movie. If you, for some reason, haven't seen it, watch it. Yeah, I don't think, um, even if you pick this movie number one overall, I don't think anybody would be too too upset. This is truly a, a masterful movie, one of the best of 2019, truly incredible performances, and one of the best adaptations we've seen of anything, I think, in the past recent, or recent most recently. I know it got a lot of nominations, but the one that was missing out for me was Best Director for Greta Gerwig, and the fact that she didn't get nominated is still a sin in my opinion and I'm glad that they're going to have a chance to rectify that this year with Barbie Yeah, and I think that the, her stretch of Lady Bird to Little Women to Barbie just solidifies her as not just one of the best women director, one of the best women directors out there but as one of the best directors period in yeah. the industry today 100%. and I love that movie I need to rewatch it I've only seen it once but I was such a fan of it in general he's right this is the first movie I really got Timothy Chalamet I think that, that was one of the biggest takeaways for people from this is Timothy Chalamet is truly a movie star and he's truly an incredible actor. Absolutely. Want to go to Liam's? Let's go to Liam Thompson. Thanks, Liam. Had the third pick. So for my first pick, I went with Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. The movie follows Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe as they perform their duties taking care of a lighthouse on this small, remote island. Uh, not really sure. They don't say where exactly it is, but it's off the coast somewhere. Uh, as the days go by, strange things begin to happen to Pattinson's character that leave you to wonder if it's all supernatural or in his head. Uh, this is a great-looking movie. Robert Eggers and the cinematographer uh, Jaron Blaschka, I uh, hope I pronounced that right, really, they really know how to compose a scene and make every single shot in this movie look incredible. The island is always looking like great and misty and mysterious, and it's almost as if something's going to make its way from the ocean or the fog and, like, I don't know, jump jump out at you or get the better of uh, the main characters. Defoe and Pattinson, are, uh, they both give the best performance that they've done to date, in my opinion. Really solid acting from the both of them, and you can tell that they both really had fun with this movie, especially Willem Dafoe. He's just, he, like, steals the whole show, in my opinion. The atmosphere that this movie creates is also, it's just palpable, and you really are grown stir-crazy along with the characters as you are watching them, like, go about their duties on the island and see, the, like, a lot of the same things over and over again. And by the time that the main characters are, like, at each other's throats, you can just, you're almost as if you're ready to kind of jump out and strangle, strangle both these guys yourself. Great use of the set as well. I really felt like I knew kind of every point about this island and the lighthouse. It just, I, I love it when a movie does that. It reminds me a lot of uh, the game Return of the Oprah Din, kind of centering around the mysteries of the ocean and like curses that sailors would swear by, just all sorts of weird things. Uh, just a great tone, and it's the right kind of weird for me. Uh, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to when Eggers and Blash come back to for Nosferatu next year. Should be great. Yeah, I'm so excited for Nosferatu. I think that's going to be excellent. I think this movie was the best looking movie of 2019. The the yeah. way this movie looks is just f- truly fantastic, and I completely agree with Liam there. I think that this is both uh, their best performances, which is saying something because Willem Dafoe has been in a lot of things, and I think this is a really uh, this movie really made people. I know people really loved Robert Pattinson before, but I think this is the movie that really put him over the edge as a usable, usable movie star. Eggers loved Willem Dafoe's soliloquies so much that he just kept writing them. That was like my favorite thing about this is that he wasn't supposed to have as many as he did, but he was so good and just so on point with all of them that they just kept going, kept going, kept And they could easily be so contrived, so boring by the end of it. And you're like, oh my God, I get it. You're talking again. You're having these massive monologues, but they're great. And they're so entertaining. It's one of like the craziest experiences I've had in theaters of like not understanding what was happening. One of my favorite things about A24 films is that they come out in like regular theaters so like a cineplex or a landmark and you're watching all these casual people who have no idea what they're watching just seeing the weird stuff that eggers through on screen it's such a different movie and one that i'm so happy connected with a lot of people and i think it's a good pick for number three yeah this is somehow like a really digestible film in a completely undigestible format like i think anybody would like the lighthouse as a movie even how weird it is and how odd it is it's one of those movies that i think Nobody really gets, but everybody gets, if you know what I mean. It's Robert Do you Eggers. get that? Exactly. Uh, I work in a, a bar, and I host trivia, uh, and this movie was just randomly on the TV one night, which was super strange for uh, one of those TV movies. Um, I think that that's sort of an art, putting a movie on a television with no sound and seeing how people react. It's incredible. <laughs> there's, there's a certain movie that you can do that with, and this is truly one of those, but I, I recommend everybody see this film. Yeah. And then my first pick uh, to end out round one was 2019's Bombshell, starring Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, John Lithgow, Allison Janney, Malcolm McDowell, Kate McKinnon, Connie Bright. There's just everybody in this film. Massive ensemble cast really focuses around Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie. Uh, it's about uh, Roger Ailes and the Fox News scandal that broke with all of the whatever that was going on there at Fox News wasn't great. Uh, wasn't great stuff. But we won't talk about that. Uh, just watch this movie. Truly incredible. Uh, three phenomenal performances in this thing. Um, I think this was the most important movie of that year, and I value movies a lot based on importance. Is the movie a great film? Not necessarily. It's completely held together by how impactful the story is and how great the performances were but uh, i truly love this movie and i think everybody should see it it's a really important thing to discuss yeah i think it's a i think it's an okay movie i would never put it as like my, my best rated film of the year but the, the, the every list is subjective right and i do agree it's an important story to be told and that the acting is great it was recognized for a reason they're all three incredible actors and they put on a show the entire movie. I just had a lot of issues with the scripting, in my opinion. And it just, the film isn't necessarily, like, it's weird. It's a weird stylistic decisions that they use in the film that I don't think stick with me as well. And it's for a film that is super poignant, it just doesn't feel like it stick with me. Which is part of the reason why I didn't love it as much as you did, but obviously it's an important film that should be told. I think uh, after re- I watched this after Barbie, and I think after watching Barbie in 2023 and sort of realizing the importance of the impact that that movie had, movies like Bombshell really stick out to me as um, more important things that people need to discuss and talk about. Where Parasite is something talks about wealth inequality and it doesn't really subtle and and 
interesting way where Parasite in 2019 was obviously going to be a better movie, but watching Bombshell in 2023 and a biographical drama that really hits it over the head of like, this is an actual thing that happened and it's really, really messed up. Um, and it does it really well. Yeah. So I think Bombshell to me was just my favorite movie of 2019. So that's our first round. Now you go to pre-recorded us for the rest <laughs> of it. So enjoy all that and then we'll get back to you guys after. Uh, my second pick <laughs> is going to piss you off so bad. Is it Let's do it. again? Do you want a drum roll? No, don't give him it. <laughs> Your mic's going to uh, I've talked about this movie a lot. I've recommended Anthony to watch this movie. Um, my favorite movie from this whole year. I had one of the best movie theater experiences watching this thing. Um, and that's 47 meters down uncaged. This movie rules. <laughs> <laughs> this is a horror shark movie. <laughs> Jake. It's a survival horror by uh, jo- Johannes Roberts. <laughs> I don't know how to say that guy's name. So I'm looking for new replacements on Cinemates. <laughs> if anyone wants a Listen, new host, it's about can, two uh, estranged, not estranged, two sisters. And they don't I don't, really I'm <laughs> sorry, I don't want to listen to your synopsis of 47 meters down. So it's about these scuba divers, and they go scuba diving in, I think it's Mexico. Yeah. Like their dad is, uh, he works for the, um, some, they're finding mines. In, in underwater. Anyway, so they go scuba dive where their dad is researching, and he's like, don't go down there with a bunch of their friends, but... Hey, hey. They, they go scuba diving in uh, underwater Aztec ruins. <laughs> yes, they go... They've <laughs> stored underwater for thousands of years. Jake, <laughs> this movie sounds awesome, and there's a shark who live, who's been living in the Aztec ruins, but he's blind. So, so if they he can't or yeah yeah so yeah, he can he, he can only hear what they're doing. So it's like and he's lights hunting out. them. It's, <laughs> it's like it's lights like out, lights but out they're underwater the and a shark is chasing them. The first jump scare in forty seven meters <laughs> down to colon uncaged is um your main characters are swimming up in their scuba gear behind a fish and one of you guys reaches out to touch the fish and one of the girls with says I wouldn't do that if I were you and the fish turns around and screams at him like this ah! <laughs> and there's like a violin sting it, it's awesome it rules it's a good movie thank you this uh, movie slaps, bro. It's so much fun. Oh, I'm it's def- just nothing def- but corny. Definitely watching this corny, crappy horror that just—it's thrilling, man. Great movie. And if you haven't seen the first, also great movie. Great twist. They kind of repeat the same twist in the second one, but I actually recommended Forty Seven Meters Down Two to my dad because he loves terrible horror movies so much, and he said, "Oh, I've seen that one already." <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it gets around. That's my pick. 47 meters down. Go check it out. Nice. Liam? Uh, for mine, I'm going to say, for my second pick, I'm going to pick. You can't pick 47 meters down <laughs> again. <laughs> I had to. D- I just had to erase it off my list. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick w- my most fun movie of uh, that year, Knives Out. Yes. Uh, this Damn was uh, Adam Johnst- Johnston? Johnson? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Johnson. That's it. But this was a murder mystery movie. Uh, very, very fun, very, uh, lighthearted in a lot of ways, dark in a lot of others. Uh, we got, uh, Daniel Craig, Anna de Armas, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, the goat. Uh, who else is in this movie? Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yep. That's right. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Michael Shannon. Jamie Lee Curtis. Tamfield. Christopher Plummer. Tony Collette. Just a star-studded cast. Uh, the writing, I think, is really good, really witty. All the dialogue of all the all the family members talking with each other is great. Christopher Plummer's character is a rich author, 
and uh, he ends up being found dead, and everybody in the house is a suspect, uh, including Anna Diarmas, who is his uh, nurse, his hospice nurse. Yeah. Yep. And then Daniel Craig, who plays uh, Benoit Blanc, one of the greatest characters, one of the greatest Southern accents I've ever heard <laughs> on screen, uh, comes to town as the world's greatest detective to try and solve it. And then the uh, the night's um, events kind of play out as uh, he interviews everybody uh, in the special big knives room. Uh <laughs> This was fun. This was such a fun movie to see in theaters. Uh, I don't know if it's like the greatest mystery of all time. Uh, like not a, it's pretty not predictable. A great, yeah, pretty predictable. But I don't think that takes away from it. I think all the performances in this movie kind of really elevated, as well as just like the dialogue and just how fun it is. It's like when I go see a movie, that's my most important thing: is making sure that you have fun, you're having a great experience, and just. Yeah, I can't really say much more about that. It's a good, stellar movie. It's predictable in the sense that you know who the killer is, but the way that they get to what, like what happens, is very unpredictable. Which is why I love this movie so yeah. much. I love the Knives Out franchise. I actually have this as my number one film of 2019, over Parasite, just for the sake of like the memories of the film. I saw this at TIFF for opening night. It was so much fun. Just such a fun movie, and uh, resparked. Murder Mysteries back in the Yeah, into I film. think this was the renaissance of Murder Mysteries are going to be the new superhero movies where this is what people want. They They're want fun. that random unraveling. Like the, the Benoit Blanc scene at the end where he's explaining how he got to that is just mm. so thrilling. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's a donut it, hole inside of a goofy. donut hole. That's why Benoit, Poirot novels are great. Benoit Blanc is maybe the most consistently enjoyable character <laughs> to watch of like the last decade. Like any time... <laughs> Daniel Craig is on screen. Like, the way he stands is funny. <laughs> like, every part of him I just love so much. You can tell that he really loves the character, too. You so can. Yeah. I, I, I love this movie. The sequel, did you guys, Glass did you guys Onion? checked out Glass Onion? Yeah. I, did you like it? It's not great. as good. I no, didn't like great. it as much, yeah. but it's good. It wasn't as good. Knives Out was by far better. Love Janelle Monáe. Yeah, she's really good in that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there with Janelle Monáe. What? what do you mean? <laughs> she's great in that movie. Yeah, she's fine. All right. All right. <laughs> she's no sh- blind shark living in the Aztec ruins. But should, all right. You should check the credits again. You're not going to believe who played <laughs> blind shark. Knives Out rules, man. Yeah, I, I hope we see more murder mystery stuff. I don't know how they remade Murder on the Orient Express. If we're talking about predictable endings. That's the most famous murder mystery ending in the history of movies. Yeah, I, I but think the way they said this on this before. Yeah, but the yeah, way they shot that this. movie and the way it, like uh, Kenneth Branagh directing is Kenneth Branagh is a great director, and the way he shot everything and just the the production design, I think it's like a like Jake said, it, it's predictable. But how they got there yeah. and how they presented getting to there is what made that movie for me like a great time, a great experience. I think Knives Out has the best ensemble cast of this year. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's, I would put close. women above it. Little women? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. It's just a great year of ensemble casts, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I like it. All right, Anthony. Thank you. My number two pick is going to be my number one movie of the year, which is Celine Siama's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Great okay. choice. Great choice. I adore this movie. This is one of the only movies that's made me cry. I think that the way that this movie sells the relationship between your two leads is so believable. It doesn't have to spend the first hour of the movie doing a will they, won't they, because they have such chemistry that you instantly sort of buy it. 
and I think that that does so much to propel the movie forward. Like the the way that um, there's a scene where I can't remember names. I apologize. I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. Where your main character is going to uh, paint the rich heiress on the island, and she can't help but smiling when doing the painting, and that keeps ruining the painting for her is such an adorable and such a touching scene. Um, I think that the use of the Four Seasons, which is like a very a very widely used piece of music throughout movies, obviously used in Old Boy. Um, I think that the way that they do it in this movie in the final scene is so devastating, is so emotionally heavy after they've set it up like an hour previously in the movie in a way that doesn't seem like it's going to come back. Uh, spoilers for that movie, I guess. I apologize. <laughs> and then the way that it's shot, every shot of the movie is so impeccable. Like, every shot of it is so vibrant and looks so painterly. Like, obviously the location they chose with the beaches and the high cliffs and the building is all lovely, but the way, the amount of color that they stuff into every image of it, I, I adore it. I love it. I love it so much. I think about this movie all the time. I'm not quite there on Portrait, honestly. It was one of the movies that disappointed me that year. I saw that all of you guys had given it lower ratings, which is why I went for Women First. Okay. Four is still like a really no, good. No, rate no, no. Yeah. I, sure. I, I think everything Anthony's saying is like very. I think I agree. Also, yeah. I think the shots. Well, one, the color is why I think they work a lot, but also like how simple they are. Like they, the way they're they're not trying anything fancy. They're just going for what looks like the most aesthetically pleasing in the simplest shot. Absolutely. I also like. Uh, those two actresses are so good. They're incredible. Together. The the chemistry, like you said, is so natural and just so like. Like, yeah, <laughs> you said everything there was to say. It's just a great movie. Uh, last note, when like an hour into the movie, maybe longer than that, is the first time you see a man on screen and it comes off as so jarring after you've seen exclusively women across the whole movie that like it acts as not a, like jump scares too harsh of a term, but it, it changes the tone of the movie abruptly and instantly and it instantly becomes like an oh sh- moment. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. I think it's something that I want to revisit, but I, I just heard so much. No, I understand of that like, movie. The that hype of the it hype, is incredible. Yeah, it was so so big that I just couldn't help but feel a little bit disappointed. But I I do understand why people love this film. It's such an easy film for people to connect to, and the ending's fantastic. It's uh it's got everything in there that I thought I would love, which is why it was weird that I didn't connect to it as much as everyone else. I get you. I get you. But yeah, it's definitely a film that I want to revisit again. It's a good pick. I like the pick. It's my turn now, isn't it? Uh yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot I can go with. Um, I think there's one film that I might wait on because I think it'll be there at the end. Um. I'm going to go with Since You Took Knives Out from me, which I'm going to hold over your head forever because I'm Sorry, annoyed man. about that. Uh, I'll take my next second best up with that, and that's Booksmart. I oh, adore better. Booksmart. The chemistry between Bernie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver is unmatched. It, it like Literally, Caitlin Deaver exploded onto the scene with this film. She's so good in it. And I don't care what you say about Olivia Wilde and with Don't Worry, Darling. Booksmart is the definition of... Super bad in a modern, a new modern era for a new generation, and it is just consistently hilarious. It's so funny. It's so heartwarming. The cast is great. Jason Sudeikis has one of the best cameos I've ever seen. One of the best funny like lines I've ever seen, uh, and it's really, really prevalent. It's got a lot of great touching themes on there. I love the movie. Yeah, that one was funny, man. It's great. 
You sure you don't want to know what I think about Don't Worry Darling? Because it's not positive. <laughs> I don't think anyone has. <laughs> that's, that's like a positive. whole another episode. Yeah. To do I that. hate that movie. <laughs> yeah, Booksmart is generally one of the movies. Like I knew, I heard like so much of. I think you talked it up a lot, and you guys have talked about it on the podcast before. But yeah, just so so damn funny. It's just fresh and creative. Mm-hmm. And fresh, funny, but it feels like those old, like coming of age teen movies, like the super bad esque. But it has so much more heart, I think, than yeah, totally, super totally. bad. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. And the music, the music, the music, in that so movie good. Rules. <laughs> I love. I do, what song did they? They did a Death Grip song for the uh, when the car sh- when the guys uh, rich kids car shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was was I it? Can't uh, it was something off of the Money Store. Anyway, shout out to Death Grips. Yeah. Great movie. Good uh, pick. Next pick. I got two in a row for this one. Uh, I'm not going to pick for a while after this. What should I take? Uh, I'll take Uncut Gems. Good choice. That's a good choice. Safdie's had such a creative vision with this, and I love how everything is being described as uncut gem-like in film or media nowadays, where the bear had those comparisons, because they created such a style with their chaotic energy and... Adam Sandler got snubbed. I will stand by that. He was so good at, and he proved and reminded people that this guy is a good actor. Out after years and years of him just phoning it in with his comedies to be a funny character, but also just so chaotic, making his life worse and worse, taking on more and more, pushing away. It's just, I've never felt so intense towards the end of a film, and it's just screaming at each other, but it's not annoying it makes sense in the film. And Julia Fox is good in this movie. I don't know what happened to her after this movie. It feels like she fell off and just changed personalities halfway through. But I really liked her in this film. And I would like to see her in more stuff. But I just, I love the cast. Lakeith Stanfield as well. Good standout. And Kevin Garnett, really good in this movie. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of bad things that I can say about this movie. I'm excited for whatever the Safties do after this. This is like anxiety put into a movie anxiety 101 oh yeah it's so though they they do like the every the way that this movie is shot so up close and so in your face it, it remind me of uh, his previous one a good time yep. where it was just like so uncomfortable and everything was just rushing around so much that it just like you felt like you were in uh, adam sandler's character's position where you're just like losing your mind I wanted to show this film to everyone after I saw it. And I showed it to my mom, who's like has high anxiety and she gets overstimulated fast. It was probably not the right choice. She was not happy with me after the film because she was just like shaking at points. And that's the effect that this movie has on you. And yeah, it went under the radar for a lot of award shows. And I think that was undeserved. I get it's a stack year. This is the the one film that stands out as like should should have a thousand percent been nominated for a lot more stuff. Direction, I think, is like some of the best direction of that year. I, I love that film. It's a great film. Uncle Jobs. Great score, too. Love the Fantastic score. It's just a such a good year for film ends. That's a fun one. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've picked a better movie than 47 Meters Down on Cage. Or oh. Bombshell. I, I like, get like, a, like a with every pressure. sentence you say, I could I could hear the smum of like the <laughs> oncoming sass that's gonna follow it. He knows what he, he's trying to get me. I'm I just gonna getting into it. the mind games. I'm just ignoring it at this point. Anthony, you're up next. I'm gonna pick a little underrated, a uh, little scene gem you might not have heard of. It was directed by 
minor league American director, real up and coming Martin Scorsese. It's called <laughs> The Irishman. <laughs> What's that? I've never heard of it. Is that like a indie film? Scorsese. It, that sounds familiar. It's like a ninety minute film, right? <laughs> it's it's like a ninety minute film. And then, like, the middle happens, and then there's another 90 minutes. Ah, okay, gotcha, But that's gotcha, actually gotcha. kind of what it's like. Um, obviously, like, the mob movies are something that Scorsese's done a lot, and people have discussed that a lot. It's uh, something that De Niro and Pesci have done a lot. But I think that the final, and I'm not going to talk about the ending of this movie that he did with Portrait of Lady on Fire extensively, I think that the final 45 minutes of this movie elevate it past, like, any other mob movie that... Scorsese's done even more than like Goodfellas which is a movie I love but it becomes so spiritually drained and draining at the end of it and like you can talk about the like some of the de-aging effects look a little goofy it might run a little over long but the last 45 minutes really the last act after the sort of titular event that not the titular event the event that it's all leading up to the assassination of Hoffa like everything coming after that is so sad and hopeless but not in a way that like distances you from the film like you feel close to De Niro's character through the whole thing and you can like you even though he's like such a terrible person at the end of it you still want best for him because you can see that he feels guilt about it the last shot of that movie is haunting and it really sticks with me uh Again, I'm, I, I can't, You're talk, your tongue. I can't can talk too much about it because it's all about the ending of it. But I think that the ending justifies really the whole rest of the movie. I think that it's phenomenal. You're on the same wavelength with me with that. I was not as big on this film until the last 45 minutes. Those last 45 minutes are so patient. And just like the film itself is patient. But the way that it crescendos and then just dies down and it's slowly just like creeping at you what's happening. It's bleak. It's haunting and it's depressing, but it's also satisfying at the same time. Like it brings its characters to a satisfying conclusion. I think it's honestly Scorsese's most like patient film. I think. Yeah. It it me it forces you to pay attention for three and a half hours. It it's long for a reason, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of my issues are. Was the editing? Yeah, there, he looks like an old man also hitting them on the <laughs> ground, like the oh, meme that's of such a, Robert that's De Niro. So funny. He looks so stiff. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know how someone like Scorsese saw that. And went, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that in. Uh, that that last shot. Yeah, it's it's stuck with me even to this point. And I want to I want to say it because it's such a. I was gonna I was gonna ask about it because I don't really remember. I know it's like when he's in like a home. I think. So, spoilers. They oh, I've seen it, but well, I meant for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <fair. laughs> Oops. The end of the movie is De Niro talking about his regrets to one of his co-workers at the inpatient home where he's living as like a 90-year-old man. And as he finishes talking to her, she leaves and she leaves the door open. And you can see like in his posture even that this 90-year-old man, even at this stage in his life, can never feel secure because he never knows when somebody's going to come for him the way that he came for his best friend. So good. It's really like it. And they do it so quietly and so subtly and without drawing attention to it. It's great. Mm-hmm. I want to rewatch it, but I also don't because I don't want to yeah. sit through. It is a, it is did a you guys time sit thing. through this whole movie? Because I had to watch this in parts. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I sat through it in one go. I mean, I, I, c- I can watch like all the Lord of the Rings back to back, so I'm no stranger yeah. to long movies. No number of poets is going to get me through those movies. Hachi machi. I mean, this movie's 
so damn good. <laughs> it feels like almost like a love letter to all of his previous mob movies too. He's just talking about comedians acting. You got Ray Romano in this thing. Ray Romano's great. Ray Romano was is really great. Good. I love Ray Romano. He rules. He should do more of that stuff too. Because his comedy sucks. <laughs> I'll be honest, Ray. Everybody loves Raymond. I love those types of shows. That show stinks, buddy. That's not a good one. I think the comparisons to Goodfellas are like earned, but it is like an homage, but also a grown up version of it. Like it's just a more mature, it feels like Scorsese revisiting an era himself with like that tinge of regret. And I love it. I just think it's really good. Will I ever revisit it? Probably not. I I could could throw on the last 45 minutes and be like, yeah, this is literally a 10 out of 10. Like the last 45 is just like perfect cinema. Mm-hmm. And I wish the rest of the movie was like that, but I understand I'm like in the minority of that because everyone else like loves this thing to death. It's a good pick. What's the Very best mob pick. one? What's the best mob movie? Period. 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 I haven't seen uh, enough to comment on that. Yeah, I mean, Goodfellas is probably my favorite. I haven't seen The Godfather, so it's, it's good. You should check it out. Probably should. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I like The Godfather. Give me the time. Most, I, I think. can't. I can't think. I, I like Casino. Yeah, that's oh, a good pick. I do hear that's good. good I pick. like Goodfellas better than Casino, I think. I think Casino drags a lot more than the It does, it does. does. The first hour of Casino is like just montage yeah. of Italian music <laughs> and guys being killed. It's sick. <laughs> and, and I get, like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy it's so that they sick. let him do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, lo- I loved Casino. Good pick, Irishman. Liam, your turn. Okay, uh, gonna go to the movie I just watched uh, the other day, a movie out of China called Better Days. Um, so, I don't think I've heard of this one. Yeah, so this is a movie that is, uh, it's basically just an anti-bullying movie, uh, although that is not really, like, it doesn't push the message so, like, so hard or so, like, in your face, I would say. Um but it's really just about the relationship between uh, the main uh, main character, a young girl who is up for her college entrance exams, which in the movie at least is portrayed. I don't know how it actually is in China, but a huge, huge deal. Like the teachers are going over how this is like the most important thing of their life. The main character is basically saying this is my way out of my really bad life right now. Uh, she has this mom who is like a like a con woman, and she's on the run from creditors and all that. And it explores her relationship with this uh, street urchin kind of character, this this young man who she hires uh, to protect her from this horrible, horrible slew of bullying from her other classmates. I mean, this is probably one of the most upsetting movies I've seen. Just where just with this main character really just trying to put her best foot forward and trying to get out of the position that she's in and just for like no reason besides that these these girls that are bullying her are just terrible they're horrible they're horrible and it's so sad to watch but as you get to see this young girl and this young boy kind of like grow like understand each other better and protect each other and want each other to grow and fall in love they it really makes you want to see a good ending for these two and I think the it's incredibly it's shot incredibly well the acting between the two mains is very very good and it's just one of those movies where it's sad it's so so sad but it's a good experience at the end of the day I really really like this movie cool now without 
giving too much away about it. Is this a movie that I can watch when I'm going to come away feeling okay, or am I going to come away and it like I have to watch it at ten o'clock because it will ruin the rest of my day? <laughs> Is it that level of devastating? Uh, there are definitely parts where you're just like. Oh God, this is bleak, and I, I can't like you. It's hard to watch like a lot some of the scenes of the bullying and just like how much is at least portrayed in the movie. Again, I don't know what the culture is like in China or how big of a deal like the bullying is there, but it's it's very cruel. You, I remember you telling me how Talk to Me was a very cruel, mean movie. Yeah, this is meaner and crueler than that by Hell a yeah. long shot. And, uh, <laughs> Not, not, not hell yeah in a sincere way, but uh, you but know I, I did come away at Anthony the end. Endorses bullying. Here we go. <laughs> I did come away at the end feeling like not completely shell shocked and empty. I think there is like a some good to get out of it. Okay. And yeah, without going into too much, because I think I'd like to. I don't know. I don't know if you will like it as much as I did. Sure, sure. But sure. I think it is a super solid movie. I think the acting and the way this movie looks is very, very good. And I think this is the first Chinese movie I've seen. So it's definitely uh, got me started on the right foot for movies coming out of there. Hell yeah. Did you know there's a post-credit scene? Yes, I got... I got uh, <laughs> it feels weird to say about a... No, I got... I got uh, faked out because I saw... You see the movie and then it ends... Like, that first ending scene, I'm just like, okay, that's like a, that's a good ending shot to kind of end it. And then it's like film by directed by so and so and then it comes back to a scene that's at the very beginning and I had to like put two and two together I'm like oh yeah that did happen hold on <laughs> let's see this and then uh and then the main actor kind of shows up and they show it, it that's the only point at the very end when they uh when the main actor goes off on the thing about how bullying can be solved by like everybody involved and whatnot and it's more like a PSA at that point but well they did a sound of freedom I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> I was going to make the same joke. Uh, I don't think it's as bad. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I would recommend seeing this movie. This is pretty solid. Okay. I'll throw it onto my list. Good pick. Thank you. So I can just give the name one more time? Better Days. Thank All you. All right. And, Mike, do you want to go? <laughs> uh, Am I going to throw my headset? No. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Depends. You Maybe you hate... Uh, maybe you hate good movies. <laughs> it seems that way. Uh, I'm picking a movie starring Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, Rashida Jones. Any guesses? No. No. I'm picking Klaus. Oh, oh I love that's Klaus. That's such a good movie. You've redeemed yourself. Okay, <laughs> that thank was all you. my. You stole my next pick. If you picked that as number one, I would have been like, okay, I would have let the other one slide. Bombshell is a better movie, guys. Klaus is a. I love Klaus so much. Yeah. Klaus is uh, another retelling of the uh, origin of Santa Claus. It's about a postman who moves to a very tiny, uh, tiny little place, uh, and he sort of reinvigorates this Santa Claus figure character to create toys again. Uh, it's just a beautiful movie. It looks great. So much heart. You have, you can cry. I think it's going to be an instant Christmas classic. I've watched it every year on Christmas since uh, since it came out in 2019. Uh, this movie is just so much. So has so much going for it in such a small package that it came out of nowhere. Um, I wish I was able to grow up with the magic of this movie. Like I could see it as a kid because I feel like I would love it even more. And I already love this movie so damn much. Yeah, it, it one of the best animated movies, like looking animated movies that I've seen. 
like the way they color all their characters and all their backgrounds to make it give it that 3D effect without it being 3D is just incredible. Yeah. I love the film. I it blew me away. It's stunt like Netflix every couple of years always seems to find one movie that they put out that I just love. This year is Nimona. That year it was Klaus. It's such like you said, just the magic of Christmas. That's probably the last time I felt the magic of Christmas, to be honest. Like it just because everything feels so hollow nowadays, which is like upsetting because I, I'm such a huge Christmas guy. That is the closest I've felt in so long. It has so much heart, so much emotion. It's a. Uh, I hope kids grow up on this film. I really yeah. do. It somehow like captured the spirit of of Christmas and like that type of magic that you used to feel without going the sort of Hollywood direction that Christmas yeah. movies have. have tend to go nowadays where it's more extreme santa claus it's just so nice it's like, just nice yeah it's like just a genuinely nice movie yeah. there's no like santa claus skateboarding or he's drunk <laughs> wait i want to see santa claus i, I kind of <laughs> want to see a drunk santa claus skateboard uh the director sergio pablos has a new film coming out this year called ember so that should be on ember. our watch Is it list animated yeah to uh, uh to watch out for so good pick i'll put beautiful that on movie list. great performances by the way jk oh, yeah, simmons well. is fantastic jk simmons is great yeah uh, Fourth you, round. Now you're gonna throw the heads up. Yeah, great. I'm <laughs> um, picking a movie starring Gina Rodriguez, Lakeith Stanfield, and Brittany Snow. Any guesses? Uh, Is that sorry to bother you? Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna guess. That's no, <laughs> that's a great movie. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Brit- no, Brittany Snow is throwing me off. I'm picking the movie called Someone Great. This is a Netflix movie. What is that? Uh, it's I about heard of this. Gina Rodriguez. Um, oh, I yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, it's about a breakup she has with Lakeith Stanfield, and she goes on basically on one last New York City adventure with uh, her two best friends, and it's about her rediscovering herself. It's it gives how to be single vibes, but it also it this movie is so touching, and it has so much heart with the way it portrays like female friendships and how like important those are to people, and it, it just did in a way that I think a lot of people don't really see, especially in movies or like the movie can actually make you cry if you are that connected with the people around you. It's just a it it's a fun not really a rom-com, more self-discovery movie. One of those like late night adventure movies where they just go out on a crazy night like a Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist or something like that. Uh this movie just has so much heart and again, it just touches on these relationships that I don't think get touched on a lot in movies. How to be single vibes is one of the most cursed <laughs> pieces of ways. I love I've how ever to be single. <laughs> how to be single is great. Uh, this movie's this movie's really fun. I recommend it. I'm guessing none of you guys have seen it. So I have not I'm seen not it, <laughs> but I, I may check it out. I do love the Keith. Yeah, he's, he's good in this, and he's they do it like a breakup where he's not like a bad guy or like he did something weird. Or it's more of two people moving on, and he comes back in the movie as more of a figure rather than like they portray him as an actual person. It's really well done. Okay, check it I out. Use my most favorite word when it comes to a movie: fun. <laughs> It's very fun. And touching. It's got heart. I love it. Great movie. Liam? All right. Going here. Let's see. Um, well, here I'll get a ruling on my first one because I know it premiered in 2019, yes. but it wasn't released until 2020. Uh, I also had this movie on my list, so I will accept it. Uh, it's The Platform. That's 2020. Damn That's it. Your, okay. It, de- it premiered at TIFF, but it did not get wide ah, okay. until Netflix put it out in 2020. No worries. So no uh, platform for Liam, you. Liam, oh. we're talking about the best movies of 2019. I like the platform. I like the platform. I did not like the platform. Uh, grow up, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was fine. I liked it. 
okay, I'll go for a weirder pick then. Let's go color out of space. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get Alpaca it. Alpaca Farms. Okay, so this. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you're doing so well. You were doing. Color out of space you, is a fun Your take movie. on this movie is so it bad. Is I saw movie. it at TIFF. No one had fun at that theater. Oh, my God. Enough. It sounds like it was you because you're such a grumple. That's no. what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Literally, Hello, everyone walked guys. out and they're like, that's not a good movie. Hey, everybody walked out and said that wasn't a good movie after Sorcerer came out, and now that's regarded as one of the best movies of all time. Isn't Boom. it? Boom. Eat that, old man. Boom. Yeah, no. You know who else wasn't appreciated in this time? Shakespeare. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Also, let's talk about, uh, was it Van Gogh? He wasn't, yeah. I'm saying Color <laughs> <laughs> Space is the next Van Gogh. Yeah, it's better, it moves. <laughs> okay, so Color Out of Space. This is based on a H.P. Lovecraft story of the same name, in which, a uh, in this movie, a meteorite in a strange violet color lands on uh, Nicolas Cage's and his family's alpaca farm and starts changing the world around them. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna see this movie. So it's, it's really good. I genuinely so, think it's really good. So the acting and the writing is weak at a lot of points, <laughs> but I think the idea, the concept of this movie, and the way they do visuals in this is awesome. It's just downright awesome. The way that it's like throughout the whole movie, you see that you see the bright flash of the color as the asteroid comes down, and then. All throughout the movie, you just see like the color slowly invading its way into the farm. You see it like maybe a little bit on one of the trees or in the animals until like before you know it. And as they show it, the whole farm is just taken over by this color. I think that was such a genius thing. Uh, and the last like I think like five, ten minutes when things start to get wacky. Some of the coolest stuff visually that I've ever seen. It's wild. It's so, so cool. They have, like, one effect that they show so many times, and it never gets less upsetting. <laughs> like, it's bad to look at every time. It really is. And this is, like, it is a... I, I think this is the best rendition of a Lovecraftian kind of lore or idea in a movie that I've seen. Besides, I mean, I haven't seen In the Mouth of Madness yet. But you, I, oh, you you would love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's John Carpenter. It's it's like the Cthulhu mythos. I think I'm gonna really like it. You haven't seen From Beyond a Reanimator, have you? Uh no, I haven't. The two best movies ever made. <laughs> I do have to see both those. But I think Color Out of Space is just such a weird, visually incredible movie that the that it makes up for the acting and for just like kind of like the piss poor writing in in some ways. I think this is just a. Just a cool, fun experience. And that was what was more important to me. Yeah. I, I It was a weird experience, that's for sure. I d did not think I was going to see Nicolas Cage throwing peaches and screaming at peaches. It was so weird. It's, it's such a weird... F it looks ugly. Have you seen a Nicolas Cage movie? It's weird that you didn't think that was going to happen. I don't know. I don't I know what him. I was expecting for this. He clearly loved doing this thing. He was clearly having fun. Uh, it's just not... I, it's not my cup of tea, but I can see why people have fun with it. It's just, it was too, like, I gave it two and a half, but I also gave it, like, a, I liked it. You it was did just like say a, that it was a, quote, so bad it's good movie. Yeah, it is, which is why I'm like, it's in a year that I consider, like, Thank you, Matt, a so insane good, it's good movie. year that it's just <laughs> yes, like, whoa, right. but no, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. That's what's more. That sounds wicked. <laughs> it's, 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 it's awesome. Really good. <laughs> it's so, it's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's what, I don't know. That's just my viewpoint. When I go into a movie, so long as I'm having fun, the qua the fun and enjoyment factor is more important to me than yeah. the overall quality. That's fair. Yeah. That's, honestly, that's a lot of people. It's just that mine is like I try to balance everything out, and I get it. 
and that's probably not how most casual people ever watch that. Um, you but try to balance everything out of it. Okay, I'm gonna write that down for when you pick Avengers Endgame in this list. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Tell me you're not gonna do it. No, look. Well, considering you guys are leaving better movies, in my opinion, out, I'm probably not going to. Yeah. Good. Yeah, like every other movie that came out that year. So are those the better, those the better movies we're leaving out? Uh, no, like so I'm <laughs> picking 47 meters uncaged. <laughs> that movie's good. <laughs> it sounds. I mean, it Mike slaps. sold me on it. That movie's wicked, bro. You should check out Shark Movies. I probably won't. All right, Anthony. The shark's blind, but he's still <laughs> coming for him. My number four movie of the year is going to be Kelly Reichert's First Cow. Um, okay. Are any of you guys Kelly Reichert fans at all? Oh, what I don't she know done? what this movie is. I saw that none of you guys had rated it, which is why I was going to ask. She did, I mean, that's probably her best-known picture at this point. Yep. She also did Old Grass was her first movie. Certain women showing up. Certain women showing up is the most recent one. She did Meeks Cutoff. She did, uh, what's the movie about eco-terrorism? Godzilla, King of the Monsters. She did Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 1954. That was her. No, no, I'm talking about the the 2019 The one that's in this. Okay, that's horrible. (laughs) It's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Godzilla. (laughs) So, um, Night Moves? Night Moves is the movie I was talking about. Old Joy. Old Joy is the movie. I haven't seen any of them, but I'll check her out. So... And I ask because it means that I can monologue for a longer period of time. So uh, this is Reichert's sixth movie. She makes movies, a type of movie that I usually hate, which are very slow, borderline hangout movies. Like Linklater, I can't stand. Uh, anything else like that, I'm not really huge on. Even movies like La Haine, which I know people love. is love too, It's too hangouty for me. I can't, Fair enough. It, do, it doesn't click for me. Reichert is, she does... So I have this theory that I don't think that there are any male directors who have made great movies about male friendships. Like, the type of soulmate male friendship, where it's two men who love each other in a platonic way, beyond sort of your stoner comedy movies. Okay. Where I was going to say, Superbad comes to my mind. Yeah, no, but I mean like like serious drama movies examining okay. close... Um, small emotions between men. Whereas I think that Reichert did it really well with that... And with Old Joy, I think that Elaine May did it really well with Mikey and Nikki. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Fantastic movie. Uh, First Cow is about two men uh, in the American pioneer days who both get uh, isolated from the crews that they're going with for different reasons and uh, make a quick friendship between themselves. It's named after the first cow that's being brought over to the territory which they, one of them worked as a businessman previously, the other one worked as a pastry chef. They start discreetly milking the cow at nighttime and make a small business selling donuts. And things slowly start to go south. Um, It's a really touching movie. It's a gorgeous movie. It's, like, shot entirely in mock pioneer villages, and there's so much footage of the woods of the time, of untouched nature that is... So pretty, so good to look at. Uh, the soundtrack is one of my favorite scores. I listen to it all the time. It's by William Tyler. It's a lot of traditional American folk music, a lot of finger pick guitar, a lot of mandolin. Uh, I don't know either of your two main actors' names, but they they seem like guys who've known each other for 10 years and who are best friends. And the movie doesn't go out of its way to do so, but it comments on like the colonization of America, obviously, as well as um, 
the encroachment of big business, the way that big business will drive small smaller businesses out. Uh, again, really touching movie, really beautiful movie. Um, it makes you really happy, and then it makes you sad, but it makes you sad in a way that like you're still kind of happy about. You know that feeling? I cannot recommend this movie highly enough. Really, really great movie. First Cow, Kelly Weicker. So I watched the first 70 minutes of this movie, and then I turned it off. I w- was not a fan. Yeah, it's no Avengers Endgame. So, <laughs> <laughs> got him. So, everything you described about with the the slow knit, I felt that length <laughs> insane. Like I, I was not a fan of it. But I'm also recognized that I'm not in the like the majority of that at all. So many people I know love this film, and I don't know what it was. I just I wasn't connecting with it off the bat. Sure, that's fair. But that's I, how I feel about every other movie that's like that type of movie. Yeah, it's it, it's a hard genre to do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a gorgeous looking film though, uh, and certainly knows how to work around the camera. But I just I don't know. There's something about that movie that I didn't personally connect with. But so many people have these in their, their top ten film. It's it came out of nowhere too. It's like a small A24 film. So I, I like the I like the pick for it. I like the sell. I'll give that a check. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be your speed, Mike, but I encourage you to check it regardless. Just because, like, every time we recommend movies to each other, you pick pick one for me that I hate, and I pick (laughs) one for you that you hate, (laughs) even when I think you are. What was the first one the first time? He made you watch yeah, the first time. Watch, which is like an unbelievable pile of like Disney Channel original movie garbage. I watched the whole thing. Have you watched broadcast news yet? No, he recommended me broadcast news. Oh, really? That, this is how he did it. This is how he tricks me. He does the first time first, horrible movie. And then I go back to him and he's like, you actually watched that? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he, he picks uh, broadcast news for me, which is... Now one of my favorite movies. I think that movie's perfect. I love broadcast news. And then after that, he picks Reality Bites, which I <laughs> loathe. And I come back to him and I say, like, that movie was awful. And he said, yeah, it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he says it like, why didn't you expect that? And he says, but it's important. And I say, why? And he said, I don't know. It's a bad I think, movie. <laughs> I think that's, that movie's like a time capsule of that time. Like, that is the perfect depiction of that exact moment. It made me hate Every Gen X. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's Ben Stiller doing? I don't know. He's, I I like everything else he's been in less because <laughs> I know that he like that came from his mind. Yeah. That's what's been looking under yeah. it the whole time is like, oh, I hate yuppies. I want to be a <laughs> I want to be a cool guy who plays an acoustic guitar to try and get a girl who doesn't like me to sleep with me. <laughs> it's a movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got that. You asked for a recommendation. I didn't say it was going to be a good movie. (laughs) That movie's so mid. (laughs) I'll give this one a cow. Or a cow. A watch. First cow. (laughs) Give it five cows out of five. All right. Moving on. Uh, Jake with his last two picks. Yeah, I got two in a row. Uh, Well, I know one, so I'll say it first. I'm going to go with Jojo Rabbit. I love Jojo Rabbit. Taika Waititi is such a special director when it comes to just comedic moments and mixing in heartbreak and just genuinely funny scenes. And I haven't seen a political satire done so effectively that this did that and won TIFF People's Choice Award. To do that is ridiculous. And to cast himself as Hitler so that he didn't have anyone else to have that pressure of playing Hitler was such a smart 
decision. I love Roman Griffin Davis in this film. Thomas and Mackenzie is one of my favorite actors. I think she's incredible in this film. And bridging the relationship between the Germans and the Jewish and doing it in World War II at in like it's it's a bold film. <laughs> it's the definition of a bold film that could have tanked his career if it didn't work to the way it did. But for him to make it and for him to win best screenplay for it is quite the accomplishment. I love Jojo Rabbit. It's my uh, it's my fourth pick. I have not seen it, but I mean, again, you sold me on it. Taika Waititi, I love. I mean, What We Do in the Shadows is one of my favorite mockumentaries so funny. of all time. Right? Uh, I'd say I'd say I like it more than This Is Spinal Tap. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Oh, sounds better than uh, what was his last one? Love and Thunder. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Taika to move past Marvel. As much as I oh, like yeah. Ragnarok, Love and Thunder is too far into just straight comedy, and that's not what Taika does best. Taika mixes everything well. And it looks like Next Goal Win, which is his next film, does that again, which I'm excited to watch. And yeah, I, I Jojo Rabbit is so, so good. It's like my one of the first films I recommend to people if they haven't seen it. I liked Jojo Rabbit a lot upon seeing it first. It sat with me weird. I've sort of soured on it the longer I've thought about it. But there is one shot in it that broke my heart and that got gasps all through the theater and i'm Scarlett guessing Johansson. yeah yep. and that that alone i think is a masterful sequence yep. and i think yeah just seeing the feet yes is, is wild yeah um that movie's great that you got movie, no context you're good yeah no yeah. i I'm, i think nah. i'm good for spoilers it's fun um that movie is great it's a touching story set in a very untouching time yep Good for him, man. And just yeah, ending it movie. with ending it with a dance sequence too. It yeah, just, that was it's, great. <laughs> it's just Taika personified. He's really funny in that. And it for all the internet people, uh, Taika can't make movies. He's not fun. Like, go watch Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, like, I, you don't I know what you're talking about. But that's what people are. And everyone's souring on Taika, Taika because of Love and Thunder. And that's just like stop. A lot of directors have a one bad movie. Yeah, I know. But apparently, Taika he's not allowed to have bad movies. Oh uh, well. So that now I'm into my last film, and no, I'm not going to pick Avengers Endgame. It's okay. mine for the taking. <laughs> There's a lot that I can go with. I'm between three films. Avengers uh, Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel, <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> please take Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Please take Skywalker. <laughs> Considering I hate that movie, no, I don't think I will. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'll, I'll go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's going to be one of the best aged Quentin Tarantino films. It, it, it just thrusting me into the 1960s um, and taking a story and spinning it on its head and just having a hangout. I know you say you don't like hangout movies. This is my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. There you go. That makes sense. And it's not close. I love the hangout sequences. Rick Dalton is such a hilarious character brad pitt just bringing himself back into the spotlight with his performance there i love margot robbie she is a little bit misutilized in this film i will say i think that she could have been way better handled as sharon tate but i like what they did with her story um margot margaret Kelly is one of my favorite performances from the film i think she's really fun in it and it's just a fun film there's not like good feet <laughs> 
As is always. It's the first time we've mentioned feet on this pod. We mentioned feet 30 seconds ago. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yes, but feet the way that Mike is talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's in my top three for Tarantino, and I was happy to see that uh, a lot of people liked it. The ending's hilarious, too. It's such a fun end to the film. Tarantino's always weird for me. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because uh, a lot of the people that I knew uh, spoke poorly of it, which makes me made me not want to go see it. But, like, yeah, a lot of the ones that people like, like, a lot of people were really high on Hateful Eight. Uh, it I'm not a huge fan of it. It wasn't one of my favorites. I, my favorite's Death is uh, Death Proof. Hell yeah, dude. I think that's so, and I think that's I'm, a big, I'm a big Kurt Russell head. And I think he's so cool and so fun yeah. in that movie. Uh, I guess Pulp Fiction is next after that, but. The the end credit in Death Proof is it's so incredible. good. It's so good. It's so good and so fun. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I like Brad Pitt. I think, he's a, great good, in it. I yeah. think he's a good actor. I like this one a lot. I, I really like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I actually watched a scene yesterday and did not realize how many actors were in that thing. Lena Dunham is just like talking to Austin Butler, who, by the way, Austin Butler in this movie is wicked. Mm-hmm. He's so fun. Uh, the performances in this thing are excellent. It looks beautiful. Nothing happens. Which is fine. Which is fine, I guess. I like the ending. I thought that was clever. Yep. Um, it's just kind of a movie about Hollywood, and I, I really liked it. It's yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Way too long. I don't so think so. Don't stop think so. making movies over two hours. And quite frankly, stop making movies two hours. Hour and a half. Let me get out of this there. This guy gets it. <laughs> that's the only. That's the maximum maximum amount of time I can sit down and have fun. The last movie I will be recommending is fifty minutes long. It's cool. Once upon a time in Hollywood is great though. I can't. You hate it? I don't. I don't. I don't care for it at all. Really. Why? I don't hate it. I don't so I don't like hangout movies and I don't like movies about movies. No, singing in the rain. Except for singing in the yeah, rain. Singing in the you. rain Singing in the Rain and like Sunset Boulevard are the two that are worth having and the rest you can sort of throw in the garbage, I think. I think that so much of it is just directors patting themselves on the back for knowing about movies as so though that's a true Yeah. That is annoying. Admiring. Have you seen Hail Caesar? I haven't seen Hail Caesar yet. And I've been the Coens are like my favorites. They're like my favorite guys. And I've been avoiding it because I know people dislike it so heavily. I like it. I like it a lot. It's goofy. <laughs> and it's about Hollywood. Maybe you'll li- It makes fun of it, though. So maybe, maybe you'll like that. Yeah, This one's great, though. I like it I'm, a lot. I'm, gl- I'm glad you like it. I'm glad <laughs> it works for you. They did not use Margot Robbie enough in this, though. You are correct. No, she, her role in it is baffling. It's so <laughs> the whole, weird. The whole character it's just is odd. Weird. Uh, Cliff Booth is amazing, though. That's my fifth. Good choice. I agree with you, Jake. Thanks, man. Anthony. My fifth pick is not very good, but I'm (laughs) going to pick it anyways. This is a Gaspar Noé film. It is called, yeah, baby. (laughs) It is called Lux Etona. It is way up its own buttocks. Uh, The last 20 minutes of it, oh, Totally unwatchable. The first 30 minutes of it, oh, really annoying. But the last 20 minutes are totally unwatchable in a way that, like, it had, like, a physiological effect on me. And it, like, if you're epileptic, don't watch it. It, it, starts, it starts with a quote from Dostoevsky about how the greatest feeling that a person can have is in the moments before an epileptic has a fit when your mind goes clear. And the final minutes of this movie are such aggressive sensory overload that it like genuinely clears the mind in a way that I imagine people feel when they describe meditation. Like, 
and I know that sounds like garbage, but like it's it really works for me. It's really great. Again, like it it almost justifies how full of itself the previous half hour is. Like by being that irritating and then by hitting you with the last half. That's just aggressively unpleasant. I don't know how to sell this. I liked it a lot. I was pretty heavily intoxicated when I watched it. I watched it again, less heavily intoxicated. It still worked for me. I can't stand Gaspar Noe. He's so self-indulgent that it pisses me off. Uh, Climax sucks. I don't know why people like Climax. That movie sucks. Garbage. I got gaslit by so many people in my film program. Oh my god, Gaspar Noé is like one of the best filmmakers I've ever seen. I watch Climax. I'm just sitting there like, what am I watching? I like Climax. Ugh. I no. I I really. He's up there with like. I know you love. Uh, who did Gumbo? Harmony Kareem. Yeah. I. It, they're in the same vein for me as the oh, directors. Oh, good directors. <laughs> no. I. I. I Gumbo rules, by the way. Yeah. Gumbo does rule. Kids rule. Watch kids, bro. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Gaspar Noé. Oh, this one will not change your mind. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not going on my list. The trailer I just watched is insane. Yeah, it's like I don't. <laughs> this is not. This is not okay. The first, the first three minutes is two people having an irritating conversation, <laughs> and then it's like entirely split screenshots with like one color lighting in different rooms and flashing lights. It's great. It rules. It whips. Most of the soundtrack is just like a high piercing whine. It's really good. <laughs> All right. It made me like it made me cry, and not because I was sad, but because my eyes were so abused by the strobes. It it really kind of slaps. I'll give it a watch. Alrighty. Oh man, man, what do I pick? It's really like the end of movies that like jump out at me for me to pick. Uh, what's a good movie? I'm in between a few. I think I'll just put. Even though, even though I'm not super high in the movie, I still think it. This is. A relatively well-made movie, and the performance of the main guy, I think, is Oscar-worthy. Uh, I guess I'll go with Joker. Oh, the jokester. Yeah, the jokester. <laughs> I was either that. The other movies that were, on were like Marriage Story. I think that was the only like John Wick Three isn't like it's fun, but not a great. He movie. shoots guys in the head. That's very true. <laughs> it's good, but it's not John Wick Four. It's no. I haven't seen John Wick. 4. I like so than 4. good. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's a bad take. Four is amazing. Did you notice that Four is? Three hours long because boy does you it picked feel the it. Irishman. You can't talk. <laughs> they're different. They're different movies, though, right? But yeah, one's a fun action film. The other is a boring, slow, like gangster movie with yeah. no action. Three hours of action is just—it's like it becomes. John Wick takes so much punishment that like they might, they might, they might as well have been a guy that like shot him with a bazooka and like his head exploded on screen yeah, for the fun. amount of punishment that he survives. It's stupid. That's it's fun. meaningless. It's like, mm. did you ever see? Did you ever see that movie Lucy? <laughs> that movie sucks. Well, at the end of it, Scarlett Johansson is so powerful that she explodes people with her mind, and they're still doing so an action bad. scene. That's John Wick four. No. John Wick four is that for the last. All right, you know <laughs> what? I'm changing my mind. Get Joker out of here. I'm putting John Wick three up there. <laughs> What do I need to say more? I mean, like I've got these gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun, man. Keanu Reeves. Uh, what what else can I say about John? You don't even remember John Wick three, <laughs> do you? It just rules, man. Just take Joker back. Just Fine, take Joker. Okay. Ah, I've got my head. Oh no, a bullet's in it. I'm not letting you switch that out. You okay, said Joker. That's far. That's fair. Joker. Hey, I'm the Joker. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix just gives a, a fantastic performance in this. 
I think that although I don't really care for the message or like kind of how straightforward or like in your face it's trying to do it, I think that it looks great. The Joaquin Phoenix does a great job. All the other supporting actors are really good. Like Robert De Niro, I think like for how brief a brief a time he's in it. It's memorable. It's memorable. Zazie Beetz is good for her. Oh brief yeah, moments. Zazie Beetz is really really great. Uh, I don't think it needs a sequel coming up. I think it's kind of a good standalone movie, and I think maybe just calling it, like it being related to the Joker, the character, is its biggest downfall. If it was literally anything else, called anything else, like just a different character and was a look at that kind of, like mentally ill people, like being treated how they are in this movie as well as kind of like linking it to how they're treated in society today. I think it would be a much stronger movie in my opinion. Okay. And I think Joaquin Phoenix would, I mean, he'd still do great. And I think, I think it'd be a more enjoyable movie. I think it being like connected to the, like the Batman universe is its biggest downfall. I really like Joker. I think it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic. Todd Phillips's direction is okay. Todd Phillips is just, it's a strange, like, directive choice to be like moving into these like dark gritty serious after doing the hangover i think i don't think i want to get used to that he his direction is like pretty good though it's because you can't do comedy anymore that's what he said you can't tell jokes in hollywood anymore. Uh, so he has to make a movie about the jokes too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did good i did i did films. really like it i think yeah, it went, i really like it too i think when i was like choosing things i'm just like nothing stood out to me maybe that's because i haven't seen enough movies in 2019 that are the creme de la creme, but no. I, I like Joker. It's a solid movie. I just don't get why it came out. We've already seen that movie. We've seen that story. Yeah, I just I think it's so redundant. It's just so nobody cares about that anymore. I, I don't know. Well, some people do. I guess we are a group of white guys on a podcast, so maybe we are the demographic for it. We are the jokesters. <laughs> we are the jokesters. Dude, he's literally me. I just I just don't see the point of that movie. I want to talk about Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Sure. Because Sorry, I never sure. I don't get the praise for it. Because he doesn't act like a person or a mentally ill person through any of the movie. He exclusively, like, sits and stands in, like, bizarre contorted positions to show off how emaciated he is. Like, he... And he's so aggressively, like, non-functional that I don't think that the idea that, like, he goes to the comedy club and nails it ever works... Like, when he opens his journal and it's, like, his pubes taped to paper and, like, drawings of, like, the devil. Like, he's so clearly a non-functional character that I don't get how you're supposed to buy into him working, you know? Like, he's too heavy. He, he lays it on so thick. Yeah, it's way too much. He's, he might, he's like uh, Kevin Spacey in Seven. Like, it's that level of... Uh, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I think... It, I think it, it, it for the most part it worked for me. Like I think seeing him put all that effort in and just like become that character, I think that was good for me. That was great. I think I'll probably like surrender the point that it, it was probably too much. And like, at, at what point is that Joaquin Phoenix putting himself in that? And at it's what Todd point Phillips is the yeah is the is the director and the writer kind of like adding in? all that stuff for him walking to work around. Sure, but I still don't think that it's a good performance either way, right? Yeah, I definitely don't understand why I got an Oscar. Oscar, I don't know. I think I it, don't winner maybe nominee for sure. I yeah. don't think so. 
No, I, I think he was he's great in that movie. I, I think I think he does a good job. He's gonna regardless of your thoughts on Joker too, like he's gonna be great with Lady Gaga. The two of them are gonna be so I love Lady Gaga. I think she's a really good actor. And the two of them together is gonna be fun. Doing a musical? Come on. It's you gonna be, seen it's American be fun. Horror Story? I don't That's think the one thing I haven't actor. seen. The other, the other stuff I've seen her. What was the Bradley Cooper one she was in? She was Star in Star House, Star of Star House of Gucci. House of Gucci. I heard she Star- was terrible in that. Yeah, she's House sucks, of Gucci. Bro. No, she's good in House of Gucci. <laughs> she's a bad. She's actress, one of the man. only ones that are good in that movie. The House of Gucci. Yeah, that's Jared Leto. <laughs> the, don't get your hatred yeah. for Jared Leto mixed <laughs> up with anyone else. This is whole performance. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so it bad. She's she's good. She's very good. Watch. Have you seen a Star Wars Born? She's, uh, no, I haven't. I saw that movie three times in theaters because I didn't get it the first two times. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? What do you mean you didn't I get went it? I to go see it. Completely forgot I saw it. So I, <laughs> so I saw it again, and I watched it. I was like, I swear I've seen this movie before. <laughs> How do you forget a whole movie? And then I and I like came out of it. I was like, I've seen this movie twice, and I do not understand. Like third time like, to charm, I guess. Like I guess I'll go see it again. And it's a good movie. Did, did you get it the third time? I, I still don't think I got that movie. I love Bradley Cooper. Oh. They were good in that movie. She was good in that. She's a great actor. She's not a great actor. She dude. is a great actor. Have you seen her HBO live concert? She's so freaking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I was a, I was a drama student. Now I'm playing on Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Look at me. That's literally what the, for like three hours. She does talk like that. That's her voice. <laughs> She seems like an ethereal witch or something. Bro. I was like, in the house at the court. <laughs> <laughs> the house of if it's any regard, if it's any uh, con, con, I, I don't consolation? know the word. Consolation. Thank you. My other choice besides Mare Story uh, was How to Train Your Dragon Three. Great film. I never hey. saw the third one. It's it's I like good. The first two. And the reason why I almost picked it is I think it, even though it's the third in the movie, in the third in the series, it's still like it still has the quality that the other two have. Not as good, but it doesn't drop so far. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, close us out. His name's Toothless, but he's got teeth. <laughs> What's that That's about? crazy, dude. Okay, you guys left me a lot. I got a marriage story here. I got Ready or Not, which I, I, I was really, really like Ready or, or Not. Instead, I picked <laughs> just lights. There's Us still here, Good Boys. Uh, Detective Pikachu I liked a lot. The Long Shot is a great movie. Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron. Just so take a rocket, o- man. Obviously, I have to pick Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> Nice. Alita Omi rise up. Are you actually picking Alita Battle Angel? Alita Battle Angel is a movie about a cyborg who wakes up and she doesn't know where she is, bro. Liam is pumping his fist. This like movie is so match. ugly. <laughs> this movie looks terrible. I, I could not watch it because her eyes are so her unpleasant are so the whole time. Painful to look at. Uh, but this movie is so stupid, but it has, it's, <laughs> has like, it's so fun to actually watch this thing. Uh, it's horrible. It's not a good movie. <laughs> it's a manga movie. It's a manga movie, man. And it's so goofy and fun. Um, obviously, I'm not picking Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, you're what? Picking, Boo. You're, you're, no, you're I'm picking. Boo. I'm not picking Alita Battle Angel. No, no, no. You're picking Rocket Man, right? No. Uh, no? No, I'm picking uh, what I think is uh, the best movie of this year. 47 meters down. <laughs> no. There it is. Uh, no, I'm picking Ready or Not. Good movie. Okay. Like uh, Ready or not, is is it Canadian? I think it was no. Canadian. No, it is not. Oh well, maybe it was shot the directors who've done Scream Five and Six. Um, Adam Brody. Some who's the main girl in Ready or Not? Samara Weaving. She's so good in this movie. Uh, it's a horror movie. 
It's about uh, this new married couple. They go see the in-laws, uh, I guess, for the first time, and they play a game, and it's hide-and-seek, uh, but it's deadly. And it's about her running around a mansion uh, trying to hide away from people. Uh, the performances in this are great. I like the ending. The ending it, is the best part of it, I know people hate the ending of this <laughs> Those thing. Those people this movie, crazy. <laughs> this movie, it was really, really fun. Uh, it's thrilling. It's scary. Like, there's actual genuine moments. Um, Adam Brody's great in this. I don't, we don't see him a lot. I know we we actually talked about him on a couple pods before this, but uh, he's so fun in that movie. Uh, the twists, there's a couple of little twists, but they're not really twists. They're more like, oh, change now, change now. It's fun. Uh, and the finale, I love the finale. People hated the finale, but it's a good one. Those people are crazy. Those people are nuts. Jake, you hate the finale? Not like it. Okay. I yeah. think the on- my only issue with that movie is like how much of the go and blood effect are clearly CG. I think yeah. aside from that, that movie is a blast. <laughs> it was that or Us. And Us, I think, is Peel's best movie. I know that's a shocking take. I think it's the best one. But Ready or Not, I just found I had more fun with it. And I think if we're picking movies that we like the most, then I think Ready or Not is my favorite one. It's my favorite horror movie of that year. I know 47 Meters Down, Uncaged is technically a horror movie, but that one I was more like, Come on, get away from that shark. You could do it. Yeah, that like one's like that was like out. Like a thrill. <laughs> We're ready or not, it was is genuinely like that's some good scares. Some good scares, some good spooks. Good thrill. Good thrill. Yeah, ready or not. Alrighty. Uh I'm just gonna read some honorable mentions just yeah, to, go crazy. before we wrap that up. Uh, marriage story, like I mentioned. Uh it was in my top five. Just didn't pick it because I just other ones. Every I day I wake up and I wish you were dead. It's good acting. It's a good scene. He says that. He says that in the movie. Great acting. Ford v. Ferrari as well. Really like that movie. Such uh, That is the biggest dad movie I was going to say made. the same thing. That is but the it's a great dad movie. Epitome of fine. dad films. Yes, it's fun. Uh, Midsummer as well. Uh, thank Ew. God. If somebody picked that, I would have walked off the set. Big fan of that. The Farewell, another one I wanted to highlight. Really Didn't like that. Aquafina. You don't like The Farewell? No. I like mm-hmm. The I, want, I really wanted to like it. I, I really like that movie. Uh, waves, I really enjoyed too. As we mentioned, the art of self defense is a uh, waves. Like, What's waves? Uh, it's the Trey Edward Schultz film with um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Sterling K. Brown and Calvin Harrison Jr. Taylor Russell. It's a really good movie. Uh, it's chaotic, and then it slows down and becomes like something more beautiful. It's a really good movie. You should check it. You, you would like it. It's very up your alley. Cool. Uh, I really like Longshot, Rocket Man, Wild Rose. There's a lot of good films this year. Why do you think I would pick Rocket Man? I'd hate Elton John. You like Rocket Man? You tell me all the time how much you like that movie. I've, I've never even seen that movie. Mike just you mentioned things. it on the podcast before. Rocket Man? Yeah. yeah no, I, I I did not watch that <laughs> like movie. Like three either. episodes, you've talked about Rocket Man and Taron Egerton. No, you've talked about. Rocket no, I Man. know, but you were like, oh, he's really good in that movie. Yeah. I, apparently, I've never seen that movie, dude. Okay. I hate I hate uh, Elton John. I think his music sucks. I didn't want to tell you that when you were talking about how you went to the concert and you liked him a lot. Alrighty. I do not like Elton John. All right, wrap it up, Mike. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, you guys are both on Letterbox now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I gotta. Look Why don't up you my tell guys. us? Thanks for having us. Tell Michael. us yeah, where to find you. you. This was a uh, such a fun time. Thank you both. No worries. Uh, mine is Liam underscore Thompson. <laughs> I am. That's his name. That's my name. I am at ya boy Anthony. Capital Y, capital B, capital A. 
Those are all on Letterboxd. Uh, so stay tuned because, hey, if you guys make a comment on this or you send us something, you might be on the show. That, that's kind of how it I, works. Cut, that could be what happens. Uh, Jake, why don't you read us the final scores or the final – or do you have that? I have it if you don't. I got it. So I picked Parasite, Booksmart, Uncut Gems, Jojo Rabbit, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Anthony picked Little Woman, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, The Irishman, First Cow, and Loxiterna. Liam a lot of hate in that. picked The Lighthouse, Knives Out, Better Days, Color Out of Space, and Joker. Mike picked Bombshell, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, Klaus, Somewhat Great, Someone. and – Someone ready or not. I wonder who's going to come last on that list. I think I won, man. I don't think you well, did. Well, let's go we'll order through. Parasite, Little Women, The Lighthouse, Bombshell. Bombshell. Booksmart, <laughs> Portrait of a Lady. All right. If you want to vote for <laughs> on that, if you, want, if you want to vote, it'll be up on our Twitter. All oh, right. my God. I'll go watch Rocket Man. All right. <laughs> Alrighty, that is our draft. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't think you did. Oh my goodness, what a what an experience that draft was. First of all, you just threw me for a loop, and I know you, and I know that your positioning of films was done to be like <laughs> like a little mustache twirl because you when we recorded this, you looked at me with like the biggest glimmer of like evil in your eyes. And I knew. And then when you said 47 meters down, uncaged, I think my soul left my body. Uh, those are my five best movies of that year, by the way. Uh, this, I did, you guys did not take anything that I wanted. You guys didn't take anything in my top five at all. You said you wanted Booksmart. Close. Uh, I wanted Booksmart, but it's not in my top five. I also wanted Little Women, also not in my top five. That was just in case somebody took some of my others. I honestly thought Klaus was going to go earlier or Ready or Not was going to go, but the surprise I got from Klaus was like, oh, it was one of those where, oh, I should have thought of that one. So Klaus, really, really good movie if you guys haven't seen that. Um, <laughs> just should have ordered it. And I, If you put Klaus or Ready or Not as like your one-two, I think people would be like, oh, that makes sense. Or like Bombshell. Well, like, I did I, it in my order. I do think Bombshell is the best movie the of 2019. It's just placement of 47 and 47 meters, meters down, down is truly better than Parasite, Little Women, The Lighthouse, oh, okay, Booksmart, stop, stop, Portrait stop, of a Lady stop, on stop, Fire. Stop, 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 stop. You can't say that. You can't say that with a straight face. That's not happening. I can't. It, no. It's a better movie. No. Is that, it's a blind shark, bro. The shark's blind. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you go on our Twitter, you'll see a poll. I have a feeling that Mike is not going to get a single vote. That's going to be my well, if unless you vote for yourself. But that is my my guess for this is that Mike is going to be <laughs> in a league of his own because the other people I think I think Anthony and Liam drafted well. I think the, I think they the did Lux, too. The Lux Eterna was just oh maybe threw up in my mouth a little bit. But oh, other than on. that, I I think everyone drafted well. And there's a couple movies I haven't heard of that were thrown around. Like Liam gave out that one Chinese film. Sorry, I'm blanking on the name of it. Better days. Better days. Uh, never heard of it. Might put it on my list to check out. And it's like a good all-around list. And when I was looking at making some of the graphics, I was like, we didn't miss out too many. I think your list is very like you Googled top five movies of 2019 and just chose them. You say that, but I also didn't at the same time. <laughs> I know you didn't, but I feel like that's the list you get if you Google top five movies of 2019. Call me basic, call me boring, I don't care. Those are movies that I connected with. Those are movies yeah, that I no, have no, memories Yeah, no, They're with. all great movies, by the way. Yeah, like it's just, I'm, I'm going to go with those types of films, and I'm not like more, we've been over that. Like I'm not more 
lenient as to putting like just 47 meters on like my list because I to me even if I enjoyed a movie like that I would never give it five stars like it's it a would, five star movie <laughs> yeah, right like that's where our philosophies are different when it comes to rating because everyone has different subjections and this, ev- did, different. this is one of those things where you do realize oh everybody's movie taste is completely subjective and like yeah. if you do a draft like this it's not how you would say do an NBA draft oh that's the best player I have to take them or your fantasy football I have to take this player because he's, he's the best and he's on the board right now Yeah. Uh, where I can make a list like this obviously if I was doing this and somebody wanted one of these movies I would have to take them in different spaces but I knew I could piss Jake off by taking that shark one at two. I knew it. I was going to put about one, but I wanted the element of surprise on there, which we, oh God, unfortunately, we kind of lost, but. Oh, my God. Oh, well. If you put that at number one, <laughs> I think I probably would have just straight up flung my, like, headphones across the room and be like, nope, no, nope, I'm out. But yeah, you're right. Film is subjective, and I think that gets lost sometimes, too, is that people are so up in arms, especially film Twitter and everything like that. Like, people get lost in that film is just, it's meant for what you like. It's your taste. It's everything that you enjoy. So, like, if it's your list, if you like it, then who's to say it's wrong, right? I am. Yours is wrong. All right. <laughs> Tried to have a nice, peaceful bonding moment. And yeah. then... um, if you guys listen to this and you're longtime listeners or you're commenters or you think that you know a year that might be that might be fun for us to do, send us a, a message our way and we'll, we'll try to watch a bunch of movies from that year and, and uh, we'll do another draft because that was really, really fun. I, I don't know about you. I had, a, I had a, a laugh of a time with that one. Yeah, it was great. I would love to keep doing them in the future. Hell yeah. And I think we have one uh, slightly planned for the future. It, won't be, do, it won't be anytime soon, I don't think, but it is in the works. So there will be another one coming with a new row of, of guests, and uh, it'll be fun. It's a good way to get people in the pod and get them to share their opinions and I think just like share. Yeah. Again, film. thank you, Liam, and thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming. We mentioned their names in that draft, but we'll post uh, their letterboxes as well in the description. So here's a new segment that I wanted to introduce. Let's go. It's called Who Slandered Mike Today? And this is going to be <laughs> us addressing everything that is going on on our social medias with Mike's Are, are these TikTok comments? These are TikTok comments. Okay, I haven't read like any new ones. <laughs> so recently we have posted two controversial TikToks. There was another one that was a little bit controversial and that's what we try to get. Is we try to get our best moments from our controversial takes on this pod and put them out. And there's been two clips that have been stand above. That's what we try to do. I don't think my takes are controversial. Okay. So there's two takes. There are two clips that have been out there that we think are like probably our most, well, they're our most viewed clips for a reason. And we're getting so many comments on everything. So I wanted just to go through everything. The first one is Mike's Spider-Man Peter Parker take, which in case you're a new time listener, haven't heard this yet, is Mike saying that... Tobey Maguire sucks, that Tom Holland sucks, Andrew Garfield's the best, and Amazing Spider-Man is a better film than any other Spider-Man film. These are the comments. We're just going to go over some of them. We'll, we'll, we'll give you guys the names as well of just the people, what their responses are and kind of our responses to them. First one, Nicholas Mikan says, Peter Parker is supposed to be hot. Yeah, thank you. I, I don't think that's true. Uh, the, <laughs> the other one, Perfidus. Bro, Peter Parker is a pimp. The amount of women he pulls in every rendition of him, he is definitely cool. And I agree, Tom Holland sucks. Lol. Thank you. See, there's a lot of support going on for the Spider-Man one. Next one from user. Get this guy off the airwaves. <laughs> so I don't know about that. And then right, you say that right as we're getting into every other one. <laughs> Danny Carter, this guy is an L. Someone responded back saying, which one? 
No Boom. response. Silence. Okay, so that one is a bit more uh, bit more up in the air. Rex says, Peter Parker is cool and he's a loser. Also, how is Tom Holland, of all the Peter Parkers, a loser? Toby Peter is a loser. Thank you. Tom Holland's Peter Parker is an absolute loser. What is he talking about? Yeah, he is a loser. That's why he sucks. <laughs> Mike, not you, another Mike, said, that's probably the worst thing I've ever heard. That one has 11 likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tristix says people are only saying Andrew is good after No Way Home. It's so dumb you can't yeah, switch it up true. now. That's not true. That's not true. I've seen a lot more love since that is. I it had twelve likes. No, no, no. I'm saying maybe people are getting more love, but I've I've been on this. I've been on this wave. Okay. People did like his rendition, but since he came back, there was just a renowned, like renewed sense of love for him. And I think that's kind of what he's trying to say is that people are trying to bandwagon now and be like, oh, Andrew's the best now. But yeah, you probably have always liked him the best. Always have, always will. Reese says, Peter Parker was picking up chicks on a motorbike during his early years. Pick up a book. Yeah. First of all. Thank you. Ouch. Read a book, people. I do read. So thank you for saying that. Q has a nice little thread. How is Andrew cool? Jaden says, he just seemed like the cool skater and loner and just seemed like he didn't care. Then he responded back saying, he's the best Peter, in my opinion. And then Jaden said, I think his dynamic with Gwen was perfect, but socially he wasn't Peter Parker. And that is what I agree with. I think that he had a very good dynamic with Gwen. Shut up. Mainly based off of Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield Shut dating. Up. Their chemistry was electric. But uh, yeah, he was just uh, not the greatest, not the best Peter. Will, Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man actor, but the Amazing Spider-Man movies were the worst Spider-Man movies. Yeah. No, the yeah. Tom Holland movies are definitely the worst movies. Like, sorry, they no. are. They are genuinely like horrible movies. They're not well done. They're not thought out. They're generic bull crap. Like, they're actually terrible movies. The Amazing Spider-Man, comparative to the Tobey Maguire movies, isn't like the best film of those franchises. Probably third when it comes to like two and one. But Tobey Maguire is so unbelievably painful to watch in those movies that they suck so bad. Andrew Garfield lifts the amazing spider. Okay, we can't keep doing Spider-Man debates, by the way. Just read the best ones. You don't have to read all of them because they're all crappy and they're all going to crap on me. Uh, well, I was getting into all the ones that were about to crap on you. <laughs> no. Someone said, Toby sucks. The other one says, the best take ever. Uh, I don't know. Peter Parker drove a motorcycle in the comics. Okay, cool. I liked Andrew Thanks. way before. That's cool. Yellow shirt is probably the most outrageous take I've ever heard. It's not an outrageous take. Someone says, I'm going to be a hater. The Amazing Spider-Man is nowhere near either Spider-Verse in quality, influence, writer, or visuals. It is much worse. Well, yeah. that that's that's the, And I think Mike agrees with that. He's just saying that the best live action is one would be those ones. But you have given the, uh, the Spider-Verse movies five stars, both of them. So I, I yeah. think you can agree that they're the best ones. But Andrew, Amazing Spider-Man is still like your favorite. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay, but you can't actually be hating on Peter Parker, that Andrew Garfield playing Peter Parker, then if you think that the Across the Spider-Verse movies are better because the, the whole point of that is they're redoing the Spider-Mans from the, its original content. Like, come on. If that's your biggest gripe, then that's not Miles Morales. What? That's not the character. Miles Morales is a pretty boring character except in these movies. Yeah, Making that's good. Him, <laughs> that's a good thing that they made him better. Exactly. Yeah. But you're saying that Andrew Garfield playing Peter Parker is bad because it doesn't stick to the source material. All right. 
relax. No, no, no. We're not calling no, no, no. me out here. I'm calling you. This hypocrite. is what. No, hypocrite. this is not what the segment is for. Hypocrite, the hypocrite, segment hypocrite. is to crap on you, not on me, okay? Uh, and then I'll finish off with the Toronto Herald saying, yellow shirt guy is a walking L, which is a yeah, good Yeah, shut one. up, Scott. <laughs> a good one to emphasize there. And then getting into the signs of the lambs one, because you really angered a lot of people <laughs> on this one. No way, Hoser okay, gave wait, you a Okay, wait, 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 wait. Jake agreed with me on this take, by the way. Okay, you, you took it to the extra step of saying that he wouldn't be nominated. I said he would be nominated. You also said that he wouldn't find this performance on anything better than a Netflix movie, which I disagree no, with. No, I said you could find this on a Netflix movie. People did not like that comment. People <laughs> were oh, did they angry. I do, I do that one would actually. No Way Hoser gave you a clown face and said, it's still the best. Austin, girl, you're delusional. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy said, S-word take. It is close to as flawless as it gets, and a performance is out of this world, and now 100 years from now. Hopkins' performance, I meant to say, fosters too, yeah, for that matter. That guy has not seen that movie in the past 10 years. <laughs> Everybody commenting, by the way, I bet has not watched this movie in 10 years. Whiplash said, everything you said makes no sense. Yeah. Gibbs said, not makes so good. Sense. Testing gave hey, you- I don't know, buddy. Maybe a, a clip from a podcast is supposed to not give enough context, so you go listen to the podcast. Oh, maybe put two and two together, bud. You're giving away our marketing scheme. Don't do that. Testing with two laughing faces says, why on earth did you have to mention Netflix? That service has not had an active performance that can, that can up Hopkins and Lambs. Oh, I, but Jake was fighting for his life to get marriage story on the 2019 draft that's list. That's what I was saying. I disagree with that. I, I think that's extremely- The Irishman. Yeah, that's a, that's a shallow take when you can see that Netflix has had so many caliber performances and they've won countless awards for performances in their films. That's a bad take. Childlike. Yeah, that's, that's stupid. Someone said idiot. Someone said cap. Wow, what a <laughs> terrible opinion with little basis in reality. I think that's my favorite comment. Just calling you straight yeah, up delusional. Yeah, okay, buddy. You clearly have not watched that movie in 10 years. That's your basis in reality. Would slap any movie today. No, the, it does not, actually. The definition of prisoner of the moment. I'm not. I gave it five stars. <laughs> I watched the movie, guys. You did not. I recently watched it. I know everybody who commented on this clearly did not watch that movie. Uh, friend of the pod, Daniel Ramos, you think Netflix is pumping out content of that high quality? Yes, I actually do. <laughs> Sorry, Netflix. I know you've been crap lately, but you have pumped out stuff that has been better than Silence of the Lambs. And Izzy Barker ending off saying, the characters talking directly into the camera looks really cheesy now. There's one comment that is agreeing with Mike. Thank you. One person out of 17 comments. Fava beans. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun segment to keep throughout yeah, the entire yeah, podcast yeah, just because yeah. uh, I can sit here and crap on you, but when everyone gets to do on it, it's like- uh, Oh, my, it must be so fun. It is. It's a great moment. It's uh, I like seeing the pain in your eyes. Whatever, whatever. Want to get into what we watched this Let's week? Let's do it. You start first. Okay. I started last week. I watched 2010's It's Kind of a Funny Story. Was it kind of a funny story? Uh, that movie does not age well. <laughs> and I got I to gotta be honest, when I first watched that movie- at the time it came out, I was like, oh, this is kind of gross and weird. And it was gross and weird. Mm-hmm. Is there some funny moments? No. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a fine movie, though. So I, then why did they put funny in their title? I gave it two and a half stars. It's like totally just weird, and I don't know. I've never seen it. Emma Roberts has a shirt that says, I hate boys, and that's that's like the biggest laugh out loud moment I had in that movie. Wasn't great. A shirt. I watched 2021's The Resort. It's like a horror movie where they go to Hawaii and then they go to a little island and there's a resort on it. Uh, Sucked. (laughs) One star. I watched All I See Is You, 2016 movie starring Blake Lively where she's blind and then she's able to see again and her husband sort of um, is like 
tricking the surgery so that she can't, um, so that the surgery stops working, sort of. Um, what are you watching? What so are these Blake, movies? So, because he thinks Blake Lively's going to cheat on her. Um, awful movie. Well, gave that it sounds one star. terrible. Yeah, uh, and the, the ending sucks to that movie. By the way, I watched 2020's Nocturne with uh, what? What Sydney Sweeney? About oh, the pianist, why? The pianist who finds like a dead person's. Book. I heard that one's really boring. It's about like. Uh, I think that it's supposed to be like you make a deal with the devil so you play a song. It's like an old story or whatever. Anyway, it was really, really boring. Yeah. Two and a half stars. Uh, it seemed kind of interesting, and Sydney Sweeney is, is pretty good in it. Um, they just are really boring. Like They don't really explore anything good. Uh, then I watched 2013's Adult World, Emma Roberts, Evan Peters. Uh, we were lied to. This is not a rom-com. This is uh, just a like a drama movie that has a hint of romance. Emma Roberts plays the most annoying person in the world, and it's so well done. She is fantastic in this movie. Like genuinely laugh out loud hilarious how freaking annoying she is. And I was reading all the reviews on it and people hate it. And I don't think they get that she's doing a bit. Mm. Like she's supposed to be genuinely like an atrociously annoying person. And she truly is. Evan Peters looks so good in this movie, by the way. Like really hot. Uh, Emma Roberts, though, in this <laughs> movie, I actually think this is her best movie. She is so funny in this thing. I gave it three and a half stars. Good. That's her best movie. Have you seen Scream? I, it, it's genuinely her best movie. Uh, wow. From what I think. I, I, I love World, her in Scream. She is so freaking funny in this thing. Uh, then I watched 2018's Beautiful Boy with Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. Yes. Uh, genuinely one of the worst soundtracks I have ever heard. The music <laughs> absolutely takes away from everything that this movie is trying to do. Uh, it's a fine story. These are two brilliant performances, yeah, by the way, from Timothy Chalamet heard. and Steve Carell. Like, phenomenal performances, but the movie itself, I just don't think knew how to use them. Mm. Like, I wish the movie was better because you got these two, like, it's phenomenal performances. Right? Yeah. yeah. You got these two phenomenal performances from these two really, really great actors. Um, and people are still doubting Timothy Chalamet. Stop, man. He's so good. He's mm-hmm. such a good actor, and he's truly an incredible. Uh, he's truly incredible in this movie, and Steve Carell and him together, both, by the way, have, like the chemistry between them is so fantastic. Um, but the movie itself is just like, I don't think it knew what it was doing. And the soundtrack is like god-awful. What'd you give that one? I gave that three and a half stars as okay. well. Because um, it's like close to being really good. It's just not. Mm. Uh, but Timothy Chalamet, like the arc of this character is so good. I know it's based on like the dad and the son's actual books that they wrote. So it's like an actual story. So it's kind of hard to like abandon source material to make it better movie. But in general, the movie just isn't as good as I thought the performances it got were. Uh, and then I watched 2017's Molly's Game with uh, finally watched Chastain. a Sorkin. Yes, um, great script. Idris Elba and her have such great chemistry. I want to see them in more stuff together. And Michael Sarah playing Tobey Maguire is genuinely, like, so funny. He does it so well. By the way, Tobey Maguire, you suck, dude. You're such a bad guy. Uh, no, this movie was good. It felt, um, I didn't really understand, like, the ending I get. Like, I know what she was trying to do. I just don't, the movie, like, hyped up. With, have you seen it? No. Okay, I won't spoil the ending for you. Like, it just kind of hypes up this thing of, like, sh- why she did all this stuff. But it doesn't really make sense that they showed it, what they showed it with. Also, when we turned it on, like I thought this was going to be a sports movie about a skier. Uh, it is no. not. It is about a Molly Bloom who yeah. <laughs> makes a, a po- uh, underground yeah. poker thing yeah. for like famous celebrities and such. Do you agree with Sorkin's directing that it's really bland? 
it's pretty bland. Yeah. It's weird, uh, eh? He should stop directing movies. This movie could have been like a, a Wolf of Wall Street like type of like Because I'm sure the script chaos. is great. The script is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, truly great performances in this thing, by the way. Like, I don't think there was a bad performance in this movie. It like phenomenal acting. The, you're right, though. I think it's the direction. It just same with Beautiful Boy. These movies could have been really, really good from what everything everybody else was giving them. The movies themselves just weren't solid. Mm. Where Adult World, I feel like it was the best possible thing you could get from that movie. John Cusack, by the way, like put John Cusack back in more things. He hasn't been in like anything. He hasn't been in anything, man. Like, such a great, great actor. His voice is so annoying, though. (laughs) I I can't stand John Cusack's voice. That's been on my list for a while. It's just Sorkin's directing has put me off of it. I'll probably watch it eventually, but genuinely the the worst part of the movie. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, But yeah, I I watched a lot, and I finished um, season one of uh, what uh, what's that? The Jason Segel Apple. Oh, you watched Shrinking? Shrinking, yeah. It's so good. Season one. Dude, it's like chicken soup for this for like just oh, a TV so show. It's I love it. It it just makes you feel good. It uh, gets better and better as it goes on too. Like the first couple episodes oh, are kind of th- like the oh. opposite. Oh, really? I thought the beginning was kind of weak and then it got really really good and then the last like two episodes sort of went a little downhill. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand some of the relationships. Um but I I genuinely like this is a great ensemble cast. Everybody oh, yeah. together is so well. I like seeing he seen uh, Harrison Ford in this type of role. I like seeing him care. Yeah. It was great. He actually gives a crap about making this TV show yeah. and he plays a character where he doesn't give a crap, so it's kind of nice cuz he can still do his bit where he doesn't care about something, but like he actually you can tell he genuinely likes making this. Everybody in this show enjoys making that show. Mm-hmm. I it, it was really really good. Does that mean you got Apple? I have three months of Apple right oh, now. Oh, baby. There's like no movies on there. I was looking for movies, though. No, you got to watch the Yeah, TV. I got to knock at all the shows. Time for Severance. Uh, well, I, yeah, I think Severance and Ted Lasso are definitely on there. Uh, but yeah, what was that called? Shrinking. Great show. Great show. Great show. Yeah. Is that all? That's it. What did you watch? Alrighty. Well, I did some catch-up on 2020 releases. I watched Rye Lane. This is a little movie that came out on Hulu. It came out a little bit earlier this year, got great reviews, had a very small budget, and it's a short 80-minute film about two people at two separate points of their lives going through breakups that meet at some gathering meet. and decide to spend the entire day. What, what, the, what was that? <laughs> decide to spend the entire day with each other. And I was not expecting to get beyond trilogy vibes from this film. It is the closest I have felt to feeling those vibes in a film off this small indie, low-budget film with hilarious dialogue written between the two, the way that they explore the stories of their past and their relationships of them telling it. And then they're redoing it while they're like, they're sitting behind it actually happening on screen. So you're seeing it. And then they're like in the back of it, like in a theater watching them cry. And they're just like, legs are just over eating popcorn. They're just like, why'd you do it? Like it's really smart and inventive and makes you care about two characters that I didn't think I would connect with on the level that I did after just 80 minutes is a testament to how strong the script was. The acting was great. The two performances were really believable and really enjoyable. It has one of the best cameos I've ever seen in a film, and I don't want to spoil it for you. Is it like Harold so and Kumar funny. cameo level? Yes. It's okay. It's so funny. It, it, it didn't need to be there. I'm shocked that they got it to be there. It's so funny. Damn. And- okay. The direction for a small budget film to look the way it did, I've never seen a low budget film look as good. It has a lot of really wide shot, and those lenses, goddamn, those lenses are long. It looks like fishbowls a little bit at some points, but 
it's so good. I love this film a lot. I think it could go up even more. I get four stars, but it can go up even more on repeat rewatches. I'm going to rewatch it in the future. I really like this. You need to check this film out. I did tell you about it yeah, a little yeah. bit, but it, I will watch this. It's a great film. It's on Disney Plus as well if you're outside of the States. I also watched The Blackening. This was a film that came out earlier this year. It's a satirical horror comedy film. It was pretty fun. It lost me a little bit towards the end. It was a good cast. Uh, I feel like they could have leaned in a little bit more to both the comedy and the horror, which is a little strange because that's kind of the whole point of the movie <laughs> is that you you should be doing that, especially if it's like a comedy satire. I It didn't hit as well. That is, I've seen a lot of other people really enjoy it. Um, it it's still good, though. It had a couple of frightening scenes. The first scene in particular is probably the strongest, and then it kind of all goes downhill from there. But it's, it's an interesting premise. It's a good cast, and I just wish it was a bit of a better film. I give it three stars, but it is a, it's still a pretty good film. And then, uh-oh, Wes Anderson. We need to talk about Wes Anderson. Asteroid City? What is he doing? <laughs> Genuinely, I am so upset with the direction that Wes Anderson has been going in his last couple films. I did not like The French Dispatch. I was extremely upset with its storytelling. And Asteroid City is right along with there. It is a nonlinear story that switches between color and black and white and is exploring both the actors playing the film it's so hard to explain for you if you haven't seen it so basically what this film is is asteroid city the the colored bits is a play so it's these actors that are in the black and white scenes that are putting on a play in the colored scenes and it is exploring their lives their relationships and has a narrator, Brian Cranston's a narrator, he keeps popping up, sometimes he'll pop up in the colored scenes and be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. But it's so, I get what Wes is doing. I understand that he's trying to showcase these relationships and the explore the dynamic of an actor playing someone on screen or on camera and how that relates to them being off screen. And I get that, I get the whole point of it. But good God, this guy has gone way too far into just diverging in his own just BS. I don't know how else to say this. He's been known for his production design and his deadpan humor, but every single character in this movie is doing it, and it's so hard to connect with anyone because when you're ho- when you're trying to connect with these characters and trying to be like, look at the people off on screen and the actor playing them, like the three levels of it. It's like inception level of dealing with it. And for them to all just be deadpan the entire time, it's so hard to connect with them on a physical level. And there's some scenes that are great too. Like I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoy the themes of the film. The alien is funny. It's a funny scene. But just I'm so over the, I'm so over it. I'm so over the deadpan and going so far into this type of his shtick that he's losing what was made Wes Anderson so great. He's losing all of it, and it's upsetting watching it. The production design's great, though. Like, 10 out of 10, it's one of the best-looking movies I've seen. It looks great. But I'm so annoyed with Wes. I'm so tired of this direction. And if he keeps going this way, like, I'm not going to care anymore. He has that Henry Sugar movie coming out later this year, too. I don't even want to watch it. Like, I was just bored because it's just, it's the same monotonous stuff over and over again. And when it's supposed to be so personal, yet I can't connect with it, you're doing something wrong. Damn. 
Go off, Cam. And I'm not so, like there's people online that hate Wes Anderson, and I don't hate Wes Anderson. I love a lot of his old films. Like you look through his my letterbox, you'll see Budapest yeah. Hotel four and a half, Fantastic Mr. Fox five stars. Like I love I love when you, I'm able to connect with these characters, and when the deadpan makes sense, and when you're still able to give me that level of heart outside of it. But when all of it is lost and it's just boring characters or it's just A-list celebrities coming in and doing one scene where they're just, hi, my name is Jake. Would you like me insert quippy line in here? Insert quirk. Like, it's not fun. It's boring. Margot Robbie shows up for one scene and it's pointless. Like, I'm just, I want focused Wes Anderson back to give me what he does best and he's just not doing it. Damn. Yeah, he seems to have really lost a plot. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Lost the plot. It's upsetting. I think he peaked with Grand Budapest Hotel, and now since he got all like the awards, you know what though? Even in Grand Budapest Hotel, you could tell there was a decline coming. Because I don't think that was his peak of movies, but I know a lot of people do. But I mean, I could kind of tell. It's the same with like um, <sighs> weird analogy. Change the rapper and Coloring Book. People love that album, but mm-hmm. you could tell he was definitely falling off. I think Wes just needs to go back to being animated if he wants this to be his style animation will work better yeah fantastic mr fox is his best movie isle of dogs is good i like isle of dogs a lot that's the last movie i've enjoyed watching i was dreading watching this movie because i heard that it was like and i was like okay whatever but when i started watching this and i was 10 minutes in and i felt what was happening i was like oh my god there's no plot there's literally not a there's no plot in this film what do you like why what are you doing wes it's just it saddens me i hope I hope he figures it out. I'll obviously watch the Henry Sugar movie that comes out later this year. But if it's the same thing, no. Yeah, I gotta have a conversation about him being the best auteur in cinema. Because yeah. I'm, I would disagree with that if he continues to go this way. On God. Anyways, that's probably like my most controversial one. And then I finished off with Punch Drunk Love by a little director named Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> this is what you think? 2002. I loved this movie. I didn't like this. Movie. No, no. I love the energy that is happening. It's such a weird movie, and I yeah. think Adam Sandler is made for weird, crazy, yeah. like, I don't upbeat think, films. I don't think this movie knew what it was trying to do. I think it got so lost. Interesting. Okay. I also think it's kind of boring. I don't think so. I think that for a film that's built was building and then does a detour into like a love story, and then yeah. But it like it's it's cute, and I enjoy the way that like his character, his name's Barry, right? Barry lets in this person because he's been so shut off, and I enjoy the way that it happened. I just think it's a really cute and sweet movie, and everything else that's happening in the the back of it is just intense. So it's cool when it takes like this detour and then comes back to like this. Oh yeah, this is still happening. The ending is not great, and that is what's holding me back from being a full five stars. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I get four and a half. Ooh. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh my God. I forget how good this guy is. Every time I see him, he's in it for maybe five minutes. He has one of the most like iconic scenes. I didn't know it was from this movie where he's just screaming in the phone, be like, no, shut up. Like the it's so good. He's just effortlessly chariz- charismatic. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I miss him. I want to watch the rest of his films because I haven't seen The Master. I haven't seen like a lot of the films with Philip Seymour Hoffman that's got him famous. He was my favorite part of the film, which is crazy. And I've seen people you saying that. have seen a lot of Philip Seymour Hoffman? No, I haven't. You rules, man. I love him. I love him. I see a lot of people saying that Uncut Gems is Adam Sandler's 
like second performance to this. I don't agree with that. I think Uncut Gems is better, but maybe I should stop insulting Adam Sandler because seeing how angry this character was in this film, just destroying everything, uh, maybe I shouldn't insult grown-ups. I would be afraid to see him happen. Come to I me. feel like that, that take in 2023 is odd now that you like that. I feel like this movie was so cool when it came out was because Adam Sandler was such a diff- different person. Mm. I thought this movie was kind of boring. I haven't seen it in a while. I think I've just grown to respect Adam Sandler a lot more when it comes to his serious performances. I don't know. He's kind of just doing him. It, he is, but he's also like not at the same time. It's a weird yeah. way to describe it. I know, I know what you mean. And I there's d- a difference. I don't when know if it's, it's a great performance, though, anything he does. There, I think he's just doing a different thing. I think the difference is that he has an actual script written for him, and he's not just you're, off you're right. with his he friends does going, something. Eh. He does really, really well when he has a good script. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the performance. I think he's just a good actor. I can't oh, really yeah. say. I, I don't. I don't think anyone's ever saying that Adam Sandler is not a good actor anymore. And if you do, it's just like it's a proven wrong take at this point. Like he's whenever he has a good script in front of him, he's a great actor. That's just what Adam Sandler is. Yeah. And for an, again, that's the theme of this week. Eighty minute film. Eighty like eighty. I think it was like not, almost ninety minutes. Flew by. I love it. Paul Thomas Anderson. That guy's. That guy's. That guy knows cinema. <laughs> PTA, he don't miss. Can we give him his script, his scriptwriter award yet? Like, how has he not won a single award yet? Come on, <laughs> it's getting ridiculous now. Let's get good. let's get into what's what. Let's come out this week because I have Do nothing it. else to say. Show me, that, show that me. That is all I watch. You didn't watch Saving Private Ryan? No, I've been a busy boy. Just kidding. Bad guy. I was watching every other You're movie. Bad guy. Let's get into TV first. As I mentioned last week, Ahsoka starting today at the date of release, Tuesday, as the two-week premiere. If you you like your Mando, you like your Star Wars, go ahead and watch Rosario Dawson be a fan favorite in Ahsoka. She's Ahsoka? Oh, slay. Yeah, and uh, Christian Hayden, Hayden Christensen's back as well as Anakin. I know there's a lot of people who really like him. Go enjoy that, guys. I'm not a Star Wars guy, so you will not be seeing any Star Wars stuff from us. It's actually crazy that you like like other bad stuff, but you don't like Star Wars. I got so burnt on Star Wars that I'm just over every part of it. But why are you anti-people feeling that way about superhero movies? Because I've seen more quality done with superheroes than I have in Star Wars. Because Star Wars has refuses to explore past its Skywalker saga and sticks within its when one- it film universe no but like that's in general yeah movies tvs nothing explores past the skywalker saga that's just what is annoying about this franchise is that they have so much lore outside of them that they refuse to do for some stupid reason because they're caught up on money because they're like oh about knights of the skywalker that's great stuff put it to live action like we need more outside of the skywalker stuff and that's why i'm excited for like the acolyte and things like that that actually sound grim like a mysterious murder mystery outside of the Star Wars. Like, I'm fine with that. I would rather anything outside of the Skywalker. If I see Luke Skywalker, if I see any fan favorite stuff happening, I'm just checked out immediately. I'm like, no. Mandalorian Season 2, everyone's like, oh, this is so good. It's so bad. It's so boring. I don't want to sit and watch Luke Skywalker show up again. I don't care. I don't care. Let's do more stuff outside of the Skywalker saga. No, 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 no. Completely disagree with you. Let's not do any more Star Wars stuff. (laughs) Just end it. It will never end. And the Star Wars and the Marvels, just stop. It's never going to end. Just stop it. It's never going to end. Go back to, like, biblical stuff. 
Anyways, that comes out. Not much else for TV this week until then. As for movies coming out, you can hate me now, but I won't stop now. Gran Turismo, based off a true story, comes out on Friday. So that is the major release coming this week. And so we'll be checking that out. I want to go watch it, so I'll force Mike to go and watch it. Cool beans. Go watch some Neil Blomkamp. And that about wraps it up for everything coming out this week. And I think that wraps up our pod. Yeah. Well, that's going to conclude another exciting episode of Cinemates. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the weekend's box office trends, our journey through the memorable movies of 2019, and our personal cinematic experiences. We want to extend a heartfelt thank you to Liam and Tony. Thank you guys so much for jumping on for our 2019 draft. Uh, Your passion for film keeps us motivated, so thanks. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share our podcast with your fellow movie lovers and friends. Uh, All of the viewers, all of the people supporting and listening, thank you guys so much for reaching out. We've had even more people reaching out, which is its crazy to keep saying that every week because so many people keep sending out things or saying really like what you guys are doing. So it really, really means a lot to us. Uh, Again, as always, if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes, draft themes, uh, anything that you guys want to even get on this pod and discuss, Tony left a comment and he was on the podcast today. So there you go. Anybody can get on there. Uh, And if you... uh, and if you would follow us on IX and all of our social medias, TikTok, YouTube, everything at the Cinemates Pod, uh, Gax Reviews, Piccolo. There's on a Letterboxd. link tree in our bio. Total link Click tree. on that. You'll find everything. Yes. Uh, Mike Jose Collins, Jake underscore, underscore Schultz, Schultz six. six. Why six? It's my favorite number. Schultz? Oh. Loser. All right. All right. <laughs> And uh, all the people who keep telling me to stop making fun of Jake, that's not going to happen. Anyway, until next time, keep watching, keep exploring, and may the magic of cinema continue to light up your days. Thank you. This is Cinemates. Mike, you puked on my lawn. What? What?